Coming to you once again for another commentary, our third last Eon production commentary. Well, our fourth last until No Time to Die comes about in 2029, pending Australia, 2047 probably at this rate. Uh, We're here to commentate over You Only Live Twice, the 1967 movie written by that guy who wrote about chocolate factories and Oompa Loompas and all that kind of things the one that Sean Connery is bored and puts on yellow face if you're trying to remember which one it is and I am uh, going to be intrigued to see how this one goes and how long we can stay on topic for because this one is one I feel we're not going to stay on topic for for very long. My name is Ben and Japanese proverbs say podcasts never make nest in bear Colin. And my name is Colin and I love you. <laughs> is that how you say it to Jamie? Just, uh, <laughs> I don't say that to Jamie. <laughs> yeah, she says it to you 50 times a day on Instagram. Um, just, uh, <laughs> just, just Jamie, we get it. She, she loves you. Um, yeah, You Only Live Twice. Colin, this is a movie uh, that I remember us having a bit of fun during back when we did the recap <laughs> of. Um, it's actually surprising to think that this has taken us so long to get to this one, that this didn't come up on the random generator earlier, but... Um, I mean, we're going to end on two Conneries and, well, technically a Craig because we're saving Spectre to last. But, um, yeah, I literally watched this movie yesterday. So um, <laughs> I'm kind of fresh on the mind of You Only Live Twice. What about you? You Only Live Twice. Thoughts, memories, opinions. I love you. Yeah, it's the same with uh, me. I've watched this very recently. Um, we started doing our rewatch right before the Olympics. And um, we've just picked it up again now with Honor Majesty's Secret Service. So couple weeks ago, we watched this movie and uh, I, spoiler, we are going to be doing an episode with uh, my wife, Jamie, uh, which is going to tell me she loves me a million times in the middle of the episode, but uh, <laughs> she'll also give us her opinions on the movie. And I think one of the reasons that this stalled is uh, this movie dragged her down a little bit. <laughs> I almost wish we had Noah on this episode because when we were saying we were doing this commentary, he was the one saying, oh, it's not all bad. You only live twice. It's kind of fun. And we were both like, no, it's not. <laughs> Maybe for 15 minutes at the end, but it's, oh, this is, I'm glad we are doing a commentary so we can bring a little bit of life to Sean Connery's corpse delivering its final performance in this film. I remember doing this recap back when we first started this show and actually enjoying this movie because I've actually also been re-listening to all our old episodes and I talk up, you only live twice, it'll be like, oh, I really enjoyed that movie. I just got to go back in time and slap younger Ben because, like, I again watches yesterday and like, I'm like, what? Why? Why did I like this movie? This movie is just, it's just 
it's pointless. It's kind of strange. I mean, Connery's dead. I mean, there is some good stuff in this movie. This is a Moonraker, but it's just kind of the thing I've been noticing on my rewatch is that like I really appreciating the first three Connerys. Like even like don't get me started. All of a sudden, I've found my love for Doctor No apparently. But then Thunderball, I'm like halfway through, going, "Oh, this isn't that bad." And then all of a sudden, "Oh yeah, it is." And then like you only live twice happens, and I'm like, "Ah, that got worse." So uh, maybe we need to, when we completely have no lives again, is just recap all of our recaps again and kind of completely go over our... Because it's, it's strange hearing uh, hypocritical Colin, Ben and Noah back in the day <laughs> when all of our opinions have changed so much over the last five years. Yeah, I, I can say with this, this is one where my opinions basically never changed on it. And it was one of the last Bond movies I ever watched. Um, this, this, there's kind of a weird fandom with this movie it will almost always end up either near the top of somebody's list or near the bottom. I think it's more frequently considered one of the weaker films, but there are people out there who just live by this. I've seen lists where this is ranked as the number one greatest Bond film of all time, and there's something wrong with those people. Uh, but I think this is one of these things that you watch the movie and you're like, well, that wasn't good. But the things that stick out of this movie are so good that you might look back on and forgive everything else. So when we get to like the final 15 minutes of this movie, we're going to perk up as much as Sean Connery does. But uh, <laughs> wow, to get to those last 15 minutes, it is not pleasant. Yeah. And you talk about certain Bond elements that do not hold up well later on uh, and <laughs> why people criticize certain elements of the Bond films in the 60s. Yeah, don't show this one to the woke fans out there. Um, probably doesn't hold up well with yeah. <laughs> a certain sequence in this movie. Um, but Well, there's a disclaimer on it now. Is there? Really? Crave, well, Crave TV in Canada uh, has all the Bond films. And before this one, there's one of these, you know, the, the, there is content in this film and may be considered, uh, you know, inappropriate by today's standards or whatever. I think they might've had that in um, one or two other movies, maybe Dr. No. Be <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was actually Dr. No, simply because you have a, a guy playing technically part Chinese. who's not Chinese, but I mean, in this movie, well, when we get to it, I'll talk about it a little bit more. They lose so much context just in how they handled the yellow face thing where, if it was done the way it was done in the book, it kind of makes sense. But here, no. In um, Australia, because I sort of, uh, I mean, I've got them all on Blu-ray, but I've sort of also got the streaming service up just temporarily as well. Uh, Stan is what it's called here in Australia. And um, no, they don't have any described Australia. It's like, ah, fuck it. We say racist yeah. things every day. Like this, this is nothing. Like we're we're a few years behind putting disclaimers apparently on, on things. I um I, I it was it was interesting watching this because I'm doing my rewatch and sort of I've, I've started very quickly because let's just say this right now. Until yesterday, I thought No Time to Die was being released in Australia on September the thirtieth, and obviously in the last <laughs> week week I'm my balls have dropped. <laughs> that it has been announced that Australia is getting it delayed again. So the only might, country. Uh, the only, literally the only country. We might talk about this throughout it, but basically Australia's not getting this out to like November the 11th, while Canada is still getting like the first week of October. Korea is getting it, I think, the week that Australia was meant to be September 30. But I'm still going through my rewatch because I've started now. I may as well keep on going through. But um, yeah, it's. I, I think this might be the only time I've ever watched You Only Live Twice twice it's kind of poignant really uh in the space of 24 hours because yeah similar to you this is one of the last ones i ever saw 
Uh, this is always one of those ones I kind of forget exists. I kind of always think it goes Thunderball on a Majesty's Secret Service. And I'm like, wait, no, there's another one in there. Kind of like how I forget about Octopussy. So um, I don't know why I forget about this one because it's obviously got some very iconic moments in it, but it's also kind of rubbish. Um, now, if you're listening to this for the first time, never had a commentary on 007, of course, this is best enjoyed by watching the movie along with us. Get your copy of You Only Live Twice Out and when we are ready to go, we will count you in and on the word that we'll choose in a moment, press play and you'll see the lovely roaring lion and hear us talk over it and generally stay on topic for about 60% of the movie. Let's aim for 75% today, Colin. Let's aim for 75 Shall we? Shall we? That's very optimistic, but let's aim for it so that yes. we can say afterwards we failed miserably. This is the first time you and I have just done a commentary in a while, isn't it? Because Noah, Noah has been on these last few ones and Noah and I did Moonraker, yeah. so it's been a while since you and I. It's just been you and, you know, the bros, well, the original bros doing this. Uh, was it License to Kill maybe was the last one? Maybe. Uh, Do the Dalton, was it? <laughs> Do the Dalton. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll confirm that. I'll, I'll check with uh, our, our, our people. Uh, whatever that guy's name is that I, I created once. Um, what's our magical word today to press play on? What what are you feeling? Uh, oh, there's so many great things from this movie to choose. Uh, <laughs> we just do three, two, one, snore. <laughs> three, two, one, snore. Okay, we can do that. Actually, it actually wasn't that long ago. We did uh, For Your Eyes Only together. I forgot that Noah wasn't on that one. Oh, that, that was, was like, what, two thing. commentaries ago? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow, oh, so long ago. Um, anyway, so, all right, on the word snore... We were counting in three, two, one, snore, and then you press play, and let's enjoy the greatness that is you only freeze it on the lion. By the way, as soon as you see the lion appear for MGM, well, I've got it on black, but anyway, that's I'm always behind. Uh, All right, either. (laughs) All right, let's get into this. Three, two, one, snore, snore. Oh, that's the most life you're going to see out of any creature in this movie. (laughs) Hey, Tiger Tanaka. Oh yeah, he is great. Life. Um. Yeah. Why am I watching this movie? Why did I watch this yesterday? Like when I was, when you, I was watching. <laughs> you could have just waited. I don't know. Like I don't. Was it you who was talking to me about this, or was it Noah? It's like I don't kind of count a commentary as watching it because we can go yeah. off topic so much that it's. You know, I mean, like we watched Octopussy the other week. I don't remember watching that. There's Connery's he, wobbly leg. It's the first one, isn't it? That's his first. No, he did it in Thunderball. Oh. But it's the same shot because people always complain that Connery's going to fall over, which is true if you look at Does it. Does he do a different one for Diamonds Are Forever? Ooh, we'll have to see when we get there on our rewatch. I would think he does. Now, we um we ranked the pre-titles, and I'm going to find out where we ranked this one because um, this one's not brilliant. Yeah, 21st I ranked it. You ranked it at 22nd. Uh, <laughs> this came in as our second worst opening titles. Um, the... Like, yeah. it, for my opinion, the problem with this is this is something they've done a few times where you don't necessarily really get a great pre-title scene. You get about three or four scenes that set up the plot that probably could have just included. This is something where you don't need to include, do these as the opening scenes of the movie or do something like an extended action sequence where Bond dies. Uh, but there's just so many different things going on here. It's hard to rank it as one pre-title scene. It's like three or four mini ones. And everyone called McDonald, of course. Um, yeah. Which this so this is Bond film number five, and in three of the five Bond films at this period, they had basically, in some way or another, killed James Bond. We obviously had sort of <laughs> yeah. the 
the fake Spectre agent from your from Russia with Love. We kind of had the JB casket in Thunderball, mm-hmm. and then obviously here they 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 kill. So like, what was the obsession in the sixties about like James Bond is dead? That's uh, that's something they should be doing for the Craig films. Just somebody slits oh. their wrist at the beginning of every pre-title scene. And it's like, well, was it Bond? No, 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 it's not. Well, the thing is, like, I mean, with the Craig ones, it's like, let's just have him like he's disappearing or dead, and he's got to come. Like, I mean, it's kind of like, w- w- when are we just going to get the standard? Welcome back to James Bond. James Bond's James Bond. Like, he doesn't <laughs> need to go rogue. Like, you think about the literally the last like all of the James Bond films this millennium. Die Another Day, which I didn't play at the beginning. Oh, I'll have to remember to play at the end. Um, <laughs> Die Another Day. He's basically left for dead. Then he comes back and he's disowned, right? You know, got to come back into it. Casino Royale. He's starting off as a double O. So kind of that's his first mission. Quantum. I guess it's the only one probably in the millennium where he's just James Bond still, but he's mourning the death of Vesper. Skyfall. He gets shot and disappears for a while, you know? Okay. Um, Spectre. Basically the same after he's gets removed after Mexico and now for no time to die, uh, allegedly, I mean, who knows? I haven't seen it yet, uh, but he's been retired for what, however many years. So, God, the new millennium and just James Bond, like, get, get it's James Bond a just, job. But it's not even just James Bond because if you think about Mission Impossible, that's one of the, the, the very few criticisms the Mission Impossible series receives is that how many times does Ethan Hunt have to go rogue, you know? Uh so, uh, it's just a lack of originality nowadays where if you're doing an action movie that you think you have to have the stakes of, oh, even their own people are against them. Just come up with a good plot. We don't need it every time. I actually like... Uh, here's here's our uh, our guy from Spy Love Me, Shane Rimmer, rent Renty yank Oh, Renty yank Renty yank I was yeah. about to say, um, <laughs> that's not Jaws. Um, I... <laughs> I do like the plot of this movie. Like, I like the sort of the world, like, you know, the whole let's start World War Three by kidnapping, mm. like, rockets. I think it's cool. I kind of do like it. It's something, though, that, the, again, you want to talk about what the new millennium's done. They relied on this way too much in the 60s and 70s because this is basically the same plot as Dr. No, mm. uh, and it's the same plot we're going to, literally the same plot we're going to get in Spy Who Loved Me as well. So the idea behind it's great. And this is definitely the, the worst execution between all of them because the implausibility of being able to swallow spaceships and bring them back down, <laughs> um, that, that poses a bit of a problem. But it's topical, 1967. I mean, I get why they did it three times in, you know, I don't know, 15 years because uh, that was the Cold War. That's what most movies were at the time. I still question why Britain gets involved in this situation. Like, you know, like you, you, you bag out what's his face. Michael Madsen is, you know, arrogant American getting involved in Diana. Like Britain has no purpose in this plot. Like this is between Russia and America. Like why did Britain get involved in this? Well, well where is our American agent and our Russian well, agent that Felix, bonds up This with? should be a Felix movie. Like this should be yeah. Felix getting to the bottom of it all. Like uh, Agent Triple X basically mm-hmm. getting to the bottom of it. All right, here we go. Some racist uh, commentary about to know. What is it, like Peking Duck, whatever he says here? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't Peking Duck I mean, Chinese? Oh, he's in Hong Kong. Uh, okay, never mind. He's That's in Hong why. Kong, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. he's so, in Who's Japan a racist already. now, Pen? Well, I know. Sorry, I thought he was in Japan. <laughs> he's She's got really, I've never noticed how messy her hair is. Like, that's sex hair right there. Uh, well, look at Colin knowing what sex hair is. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm just more concerned about the fact that, like, Connor has put on a bit of weight in between here and Thunderball. Like, he's a bit chubby. Well, this is where he had to start wearing the hairpiece, too. This was the first movie where he had a... <laughs> and, and it's funny because they could have come up with a fuller head of hair. It almost just looks like a comb-over, but I know there's all these behind-the-scenes photos of him uh, without the hairpiece where you could tell there's a lot less there. 
Can I just point out that in my rewatch this week of having watched all these five Connery films pretty closely together, Sean Connery is a very attractive man. And I don't usually oh, look boy. at like the 60s and kind of find people that attractive because I've always got that thing in the, ba- the back of my mind, like they're old now or dead. But like having what, like Dr. No, I tell you what, like if I had to turn for a man at some point in history, <laughs> like I'm probably going for 1962 Sean Connery. That man is a fine looking man. You know, when we were watching on Her Majesty's Secret Service the other day, uh, Jamie was like, oh, is this the one with the hot bond? I'm like, tell me which one is not the hot bond. Uh, well, and then, Roger Moore but, in 1985 of you to a well, kill. But you know what? She she Googled <laughs> them and she actually says she might put Roger. I think she does is just a bug me, but she always says Pierce Brosnan is the bottom, which I know is yeah. not the case because, you know, she when she saw Remington steal Pierce Brosnan, I mean, she flipped out over that. But uh, maybe it's just she doesn't think he ages well. But there's a man who ages like Sean Connery. But anyways, famously, you know, I didn't take her to see Skyfall because that came out the week before we got married because I was afraid she'd leave me for uh, Daniel Craig. Uh, but when I asked her, you know, who, who would be your top Bond? She said, Sean Connery. And I'm like, oh, what on Daniel Craig? It's like, Daniel Craig would be number two, but he is far, far below Sean Connery. Like Sean Connery is like above and beyond anybody. He may be above and beyond Henry Cavill for her. I reckon Sean Connery probably right now he's been dead for a bit over a year, but I reckon his rotting corpse is probably still very attractive. So, <laughs> to be honest. This song, like, I know we ranked this. Where did we actually, rank it? It surprised me that we ranked it so low because I always thought this was like a very well-regarded song and that like it everybody is. loves it. But like we all ranked it very low from memory. Um, I ranked it 20. Uh, Noah ranked it at 16 and you ranked it at 16. So it came in overall at 19. I know I talked about it on the episode. Um, it's a great song, but to me, this is the writings on the wall of the 60s era. It almost feels like it doesn't belong. It's a lullaby. It, it, it doesn't have the same feeling. Of it. What, what works about it, what everybody does love about it is just John Barry's score. The yeah, You take that out. score in this movie. Yeah, but you take that out and it doesn't work. And I also criticized the score, which I know people would hate me for, uh, when we did the recap. Not because I think that the score is, I think every moment of this score is great, but every time they have to play this song, again, it feels like it doesn't belong. We have action scenes and you're hearing. Which this title sequence is ridiculously terrible. It's just (laughs) stock footage of volcanoes mixed with a couple of geisha girls or something like that over the top of it. Like, it's so bad. Well, we also uh, just should note there, Roald Dahl, the screenwriter, I think the one time they broke from their traditional screenwriters, and let's get the guy who did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, on the topic of scores, Thunderball score, amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's the yeah, best that's thing the about that movie. Oh, and and um, Volpe, can we just say, we talked her up a lot, didn't we? I think she yeah. made my top 10. And like, I re- when I rewatched it, I'm like, gosh, she's good. I hope I made her in my top 10. And I looked, I'm like, I did. So, yeah. Yeah, I think we all had her between like 10 and 12. Helga Brandt, poor woman's Fiona Volpe. Mm-hmm. And just very but poor woman's Fiona. Volpe. You know what? Like, uh, I'm not going to say I'm one over on Helga Brandt. Uh, I always thought I, everything about this movie just feels like a step down, except for the production values. I mean, this movie is bigger. Oh, this is <laughs> British Naval <laughs> Commander. <laughs> I, I also love that they're like uh, the, the whole theory about this. Let's kill you is, oh, this will get the attention off of you for a little while. You've advertised his picture in the newspaper. If anything, you're just going to draw attention to the fact that when his face shows up everywhere in Tokyo. 
Which, uh, I, again, it's it's actually really interesting me. I'm doing a commentary when I've literally watched this movie and listen, literally listened to our episode recently and just us di- di- dissecting this whole sequence about the, the logistics of them faking his death here. Like, again, it makes no sense. Like, tell he's me in that with a, with a mask, like, right now. He's still and tell there. me why they need that. Like, they're like, oh, we go- people are going to need to know that we actually put James. <laughs> Nobody's seeing his body. That could be anything. Do a plaster cast. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and like this is see part of my problem with people who say they love this movie is I, I'm I'm sure you're gonna loop this in at some point, but uh, it's the same reason why people will complain about Die Another Day is why I hate this movie. So I'm at least not a hypocrite. Both of these movies are so ridiculous and so implausible that it strips the fun out of them. But there are people who love this movie and yet will criticize Die Another Day. Don't be a hypocrite. If you love this movie, you should appreciate Die Another Day. In, in all jokes aside about my love of Die Another Day, I have noticed in the last few years that, like, and maybe it's just a 20-year rule or, like, you know, sort of after a certain amount of time, like, there's a lot more defences for Die Another Day now than there were when we started. There's, there's uh, like, a book remember, on it. <laughs> well, I remember when we started, I said I had found that article. I think it was, like, on the 10th anniversary of Die Another Day that like, was somebody legitimately going, like, I'm going to defend Die Another Day and, like, got ripped a new one. Um, But, yeah, um, I did like Noah recently, although I, I like this bit. Permission to, this reminds me of Aquaman now. <laughs> Who does it better? Jason Momoa. Permission to come aboard, like, smoldering, sexy shirtless. Oh, permission to come aboard. Um, <laughs> um, Noah recently in our group chat was like, it's the 50th anniversary of uh, Di- Diamonds Are Forever. Why aren't we doing an episode? And I'm like, well, I'll do a tribute episode if next year we do our 20th anniversary to Die Another Day episode. Uh, he hasn't asked since, has he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I, I'm so excited that I'm nearly out to my Diamonds Are Forever rewatch. Well, that's our next ones too, so, oh, boy. Uh, he just looks old. Like, this is the thing here, like... He aged he very chubby. He aged very quickly. Lois Maxwell looks amazing. Can I just say mm-hmm. this rewatch? I have noticed how hot Lois Maxwell is in the sixties. Like, just yeah. she looks beautiful there. Him, her, and Sean Connery in that first movie. Like, holy crap! OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. They're back to doing porn. Yeah. Congratulations, OnlyFans. <laughs> um, so <laughs> that lasted a week. Um, that was the that was the new Coke marketing mistake of the 2020s. <laughs> you know, like, oh, new Coke, let's get rid of old Coke. Oh, bad bad. As soon as OnlyFans says we're not doing porn anymore. Now, did the 007 subscriptions to OnlyFans drop during that roof. time? No, it's through the roof because all uh, the porn No went. more porn and people are like, now, now I'll sign up. I do, I do like uh, this whole, like, set up on a boat, though. It's kind of, you know, like... Emini's little yeah, uniform and Money Penny in her uniform. Like again, it's watching these movies in order is where it doesn't always help because Thunderball mm. was very grounded in reality. On a Majesty's Secret Service is gonna be more grounded in reality than any other Bond movie. And this in the middle, the reason I have a trouble with this is because you don't have like I, I can almost forgive when they do this in Man with a Golden Gun because it's following that uh, Diamonds Are Forever. So even an idea as silly as this, we're going to have an exact setup of our office in some weird location. It's not no more implausible than what you saw in the movie prior to this. But the positioning of You Only Live Twice really hurts this movie. Well, it's it's kind of interesting how we always talk about the three that kind of went too far 
and then they have mm. to like ground them to reality. But I mean, if you also think about those three that went too far, the films preceding it were also very grounded in reality. You know, obviously, yeah. as you said, Thunderball, then this, then On a Magic Secret Service, you know, Spy Who Loved Me, Moonraker, For Your Eyes Only, World Is Not Enough, Die Another Day, Casino Royale. Like it's yeah. kind of their, their book ended by sort of grounded movies, which is that never gets talked about, does it? So then the issue really is not what people have thought all these years, the Bond movie just get too outrageous at a certain point. It's the fact that they don't pick the right timing to get that outrageous because Diamonds Are Forever is probably just as, if not more outrageous than Moonraker. I, I uh, think Northern Diamonds Twice. Are Forever is almost more outrageous than this because like- the It thing, is like, a straight is, out parody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is an outrageous movie, but like I would argue this isn't as outrageous as Moonraker and Die Another Day. Like this is- yeah. You know, there are definitely ridiculously outrageous movies, but like this is the more plausible of the three. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Moonraker just goes like to me. You know, you're going to laugh at me because I, I defend Die Another Day, but I think Moonraker is the most batshit crazy Bond film of all time, probably followed by Die Another Day, and nah. then probably <laughs> this or Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> um, so. But, like, the thing is with Diamonds Are Forever, uh, and, again, this isn't me defending movie because I do think it's garbage, but uh, my one defense of it will be that movie knows we're not making a straight Bond movie. That, those yeah. other movies, like, that's why we kind of have this argument here of, well, The Only Live Twice is not as outrageous. Moonrakers, they're still making straight movies. Diamonds Are Forever, it might as well be an Austin Powers movie. Like, there is almost no difference between Austin Powers and Diamonds Are Forever. They're going for we want everything in this movie for you to laugh at how dumb it is. I think Diamonds Are Forever sets up the Roger Moore era perfectly. Like, if Diamonds Are Forever was here and then, say, You Only Live Twice was 71, like, I don't know, I feel it's different. Whereas, like, kind of, I mean, Diamonds Are Forever should have been a Roger Moore film. Like, it really should have been a Roger Moore film. But, I mean, Connery does have slightly more life in that than this, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's good for him to go out on a slightly less negative note. We we just don't talk about Never Say Never Again. Japan is, like... An amazing setting, though. Like, I mean, you, you kind of talk about certain movies about, you know, Thunderball's the underwater movie. You know, this this is the Japan movie. Like, Octopus is <clears> the <throat> India movie. You know, like, it's kind of, it's it's great to have, sort of have those, like, locations. And this was, what, a year before, no, three, Tokyo was 64, wasn't the Olympics. So, three years after yeah. Tokyo. So, um, obviously, Tokyo and Japan was sort of coming out of the shadows of the World War Two, So kind of, you know, these sort of things to show it to the world. So I guess we're expecting to see uh, the next James Bond movie when we see it in like 2072 will probably be set in Japan uh, based on the trend of, uh, you know, Tokyo Olympics. Next, now, you know, a couple of movies later, James Bond and now this one. This isn't the Honor Majesty Secret Service commentary, but you've listened to the episode, so confirm for me. Do we talk uh, about any theories why... They have the Olympic logo on all their jackets, other than the fact that this was probably an Olympic venue 20 years no, prior. Why did they we, still have we, the logos? Yeah, we question that a lot. Um, yeah, until this day. Because we were doing that in the For Your Eyes Only episode a few weeks back when we were basically going, like, what is it with, like, Bond villains and Olympics? Like, it's kind yeah. of, why is this a thing? <laughs> like, did Dean Fleming hate the Olympics or something like that? <laughs> now, most of these sumo guys in the background, like, could they not get real sumo wrestlers? All those guys were maybe 200 pounds tops. Well, they these were. guys are larger, but the ones backstage, like the they lightweight just look like division, size. <laughs> the, the lightweight sumo division, <laughs> the four hundred plus division. Yeah, exactly. I'd lo- like Japan's one of the the few Asian countries I would like really like. Like I've been to Asia, I've been to two Asian countries, uh, well three technically, but um, I mean it's sort of 
you know, not on the top of my list of places I want to go into the world. And that's no district to Asia. I just have other places I'd like to go more, go more. But I would really like to go to Japan and I would mm-hmm. like to see a sumo match live. That would be a cool thing to see. Oh, he's the real Aki. Bond girl of this movie. I, I, I looked through our secondary Bond girls rankings because I forgot where everybody ranked it. Noah actually ranked Aki as his number one, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. And Kizzy Suzuki is the last. I remember that one. Yeah. I, I get I I think that Aki's great. I don't think she's the number one secondary. I think she's better than Plenty of Tools. Sorry, Ben. But hey. uh, <laughs> No. It's so funny listening to the Diamonds Are Forever recap my Plenty of Tool love. I pretty much say in that episode, I would rank her as like one of the best Bond girls of all time. So like <laughs> I love like you guys have these shocked, you know, expressions whenever I rank like Davidov as number one or, you know, Plenty of Tools number one. I literally say these things in the episode that you just don't believe me. <laughs> because we 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 assume you say lots of stupid things that you'll never actually go through with. <laughs> like in the very first episode that I like die another day. <laughs> I'm counting them, by the way. I'm counting the tallies up. Oh. And uh, those early episodes were the, the glory days of Colin and Noah not hearing that song too often because <laughs> barely play it. There's a couple of episodes where I don't even play it. So I do like the I love you, although it's very yeah. awkward the way Connery I says it. <laughs> That that's you know the Connery is like me like it's unnatural for him to say those words, <laughs> and this is what we uh, Jamie and I were talking about when we watched on Majesty's Secret Service the other night. We mentioned that I think multiple times in the recap and other episodes since. Say what you will uh, want about Lazenby, but Lazenby is the only guy who could have pulled that off. Uh, more, you know, might have been able to, but there is no way Connery pulls off a legitimate love story in uh, On a Majesty's Secret Service. I'm just I'm picturing Roger Moore. Oh, yes, I do love you, my dear. A genuine <laughs> I love you. Okay, we have all the time in the world. I mean, like, he got close to it in Spy Love Me. We debated a lot over the, the whole love in that movie, but Timothy Dalton could have pulled it off. Shut up, Colin. He did pull it <laughs> off. Love story on the Ferris wheel. Brawl? The um, the Pam love. <laughs> oh, this blue cars in this movie. I don't like the well, cars in this movie. For me, it's you know this movie does look great when they're using real locations when they build the sets, but this has to be the worst blue screen or projection, rear screen projection at any of the Bond movies. Well, I mean, Doctor No wasn't exactly up to standard in 1962. I think uh, <laughs> Doctor No looks better than this. Now, here's Henderson. What was it uh, when Dico. Noah was? Yeah, Noah was saying, oh, there's some great stuff in uh, You Only Live Twice. Like Henderson. I'm like, Henderson is literally in the movie for less than two minutes. I mean, that's more than Plenty O'Toole, but I think I timed it when Jamie and I watched this movie too, and it's like a minute and 57 seconds that he's on screen here. Is Charles Gray typecast? Because he always seems to play the sort of, how do I say this, the flamboyant character in <laughs> movies. Between this, Dimes Are Forever, I mean, Rocky Horror Picture Show, he's not exactly super flamboyant, but he's not exactly... Sean Connery either. So, I mean, like, I don't know. Is this just a typecast well, for, I, I, for him? I don't want to make any judgments, but, like, is he gay in really lo- real life? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's with us anymore, is he, sadly? If not, he's probably just died now. Well, but, um, we, he doesn't have to be, we don't have to ask him personally. <laughs> we and we're going to go line. Charles, are you gay? Yes, I am. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. And we're not saying it's wrong if he's gay. We're just asking the question. I'm saying it's wrong. <laughs> wow. Be a man. <laughs> That's There's almost something, up there. That's, that's completely a joke. Somebody, <laughs> somebody's going to cancel us, but completely a joke. Wow. <laughs> the Colin Hilding quote of the episode. I'm saying it's wrong. Be a man. Um, can we call that it? Can we that's the episode title? Don't be gay. Be a man. <laughs> We're not calling it that. 
I don't, I don't think I can't find anything these days, but I also can't find that he was married at any point. He died in the year 2000. Wow. In the year 2000. <laughs> you probably don't know what that is, do you? I've heard sing, sing it again. That, that in the year me. 2000. <laughs> Conan uh, O'Brien, he, he did this segment. It was during the 90s and it was all these like outrageous predictions where they'd, they'd sing that song in the year 2000. And then they cut to like, you know, some, they'd wear some science fiction helmet. In the year 2000, they make some joke about what happened. They would continue to do it like in 2004, 2005, which was funny. The, the one that I was thinking of, uh, you know, the band Silverchair, Australian band. Yeah. Uh, they did the anthem of the year 2000. Oh, yeah. It was a great song. Oh, we'll make you know what's it funny? Up to you in the year 2000. Yep. That is a great song, like the sound of the song. But um, I listened to it uh, a couple of months ago, I think. And I'm like, I never actually listened to these lyrics before. These are the worst, most pretentious lyrics ever. These are clearly teenagers who are like, we're so smart. We know everything. Like, oh, lyrics in that are awful. That's like when you were uh, mentioning Finger Eleven, the great Canadian band having the worst lyrics ever. I think we got to have a battle between Silverchair and Finger Eleven to see who has worse lyrics. Look, I love me some Britney Spears, but again, if you analyze Britney Spears lyrics, particularly her later songs, um, they're not exactly groundbreaking. But um, oh, we're about to see the death of old Dicko here. He, what? What is the point of Dicko in this movie? Like literally, There's he's in no it for points. like ten seconds. Kill him. <laughs> it's all right. We'll bring you That's back as every- the gay Blofeld. Like, I think I mentioned that on our recap. That's my problem with everything in this movie. Everything just comes at you so randomly, and it doesn't go anywhere. And this is the one where, like, literally every five seconds, Bond's got a henchman chasing after him. Yeah. Oh, look, COVID predictions. Look at that. Very forward thinking. This is a whole don't want to catch Scottish. This is actually (laughs) the um, doesn't want to catch COVID. I do like the one, probably the one thing I really like that Connery does in this movie is him faking being stabbed here. Yeah. (laughs) Goo. I did laugh at this one here when he's like, (laughs) like I going back to Henderson, I honestly don't understand the point because a lot of what we get from Tanaka in this, we get from over your nose, Sean. It's not over your shot. It's not over your nose. Sorry. Yeah. Well, why does he have the mask? I don't know. I can't answer that. Oh, it's awkward. We're really thinking hard about it. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Analyzing. Analyze this. Look at you going for the die another day reference. <laughs> He's oh, and this guy not even looking at the road, and there's a bicycle is coming straight at them too. <laughs> and also, Sean Connery is about ten meters taller than the guy he just <laughs> killed. <laughs> there's some really weird, like speed up of camera shots in this film like i don't know was that a 60s thing like kind of like you just the way it like sped yeah. up there as i panned up the top like these arms dangling <laughs> <laughs> now that logo so the circle with the the hammer in it that's the same logo that the guy has in thunderball when connery's like calls out money penny and is like oh it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a like is that is that the smirch logo like what logo is that i don't know um because I, I always assumed it was some type of secondary specter thing, like not the, the yeah. octopus, but something else. Because like I, I noticed that, like again, you know, you, you I notice these things. Um, you, you notice, no, I tend to notice these things. Um, <laughs> you just kind of weirdly notice these when you watch them back to back. Um, and that was yeah, the same tattoo that the guy had in Thunderball. He's just Who is this with guy? The, Why don't we rank no, this henchman? Why is that hurting him? If this couch is that light, that Sean Connery can pick up a three seat sofa. 
yeah. and ram a man with it. Why is this guy getting hurt? But like, I want to rank this guy. This guy even have a name? This guy's uh, better than half the secondary henchmen we ranked. Mr. Kill. <laughs> Grandpa Kill. <laughs> Why is it just like a random tree in the middle of their cocktail? <laughs> Don't they have like bonsais in Japan? Uh, and even this way that like, okay, I don't know if we're going to include this when we do the fight scene rankings. Uh, but to me, this fight scene is just ridiculous because when this guy gets hurt, he takes the most outrageously cartoony falls. Like Connery hits him in the back yeah. with that statue and he's like doing somersaults and like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you barely actually see him get hit. Yeah. Is this where he drinks the like shitty Japanese Vodka? Sucky. Isn't he like, ooh, summer? Foo yuck! <laughs> Siamese vodka. Yeah, foo yuck! <laughs> Can we please get a t shirt made of foo yuck? <laughs> oh, Roger. What a man. You know, I, I thought about this um, when I was looking at our commentaries that we have left. And I found it weird. We started with Dr. No. I'm pretty sure Goldfinger was one of the earlier commentaries we did. Hmm. How did it take us so long? How do we have two Conneries left in the last three? We have 24 films. We scratched off two Conneries very early. And somehow two of the last three are Conneries. Blame Andrew.Hedges. Forward <laughs> slash random generator. Because that was all what it came down to, right? Um, yeah, it's interesting to think that. Um that we, I mean, the only was die another. No, we did do die another day. Like that was a random. I was thinking, like, did we deliberately do that when I was there? But um, mm-hmm. Spe- I mean, Spectre. We were famously we did get Spectre. We forgot that we got Spectre, so we ended yeah. up doing a different one. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how we ended up doing that, but um, you know, it's we always implant it, sort of leave it right before no time to die, which again. I- <sighs> Still mad. I've, uh, I've also heard and seen criticism over the years for Honor Majesty's Secret Service where they mock the safe cracking device that Craig has to have airlifted in, basically. Or not Craig. <laughs> I was going to say, Lazenby. Daniel Craig? <laughs> Fetus Craig. <laughs> uh, Lazenby has to have like airlifted in because it's so big and bulky and people are like, whoa, why did the technology take a s- steep drop? It, it different. This one, Connery's manually doing it. The one in uh, Lazenby uses that. He just sits back and reads a Playboy while it yeah. opens the safe for him. So there's a reason why it's bigger. Why, why does the alarm go off when the safe opens? Like, is this, does this happen every time that like um, yeah, you can Asado comes safes. in and oh, I've got to, I've got to get my money and <laughs> I I know for a fact you can uh, you can have safes rigged to alarm like that. Oh, sorry, Mister. I work for these types of companies. <laughs> what is this? Car? I work for Osado Chemicals. <laughs> what, what what brand is this? This isn't an Aston Martin. This is. I don't like this car. I, it's I, a Toyota you know, two hundred two thousand GT. I'm not a fan. I kind of agree with you. I, I thought that it was always just the era, you know, because I know when we get to the later seventies and the early eighties, all the cars look ugly to me. I even said the Lotus looked ugly. Uh, but watching on Her Majesty's Secret Service, and I'd say even Diamonds Are Forever, those cars are cool, and that's after this. So what's wrong with the cars just in 1967? I still argue that the cars of the Daniel Craig era are the worst. You know, give or take the um, the the DB, whatever it was, Inspector, that's a nice car. And then obviously the DB5 comes back. But, I mean, Craig just drives dad cars. So, you know. Well, more ro- uh, wore the dad sweaters. Uh, True. And this always bothered me too, the, the slide we have. It's a cool idea, this whole slide. But when we get to Tanaka's office and he's got cameras on all of this, 
Where yes. are the cameras? Like, where are the it's cameras the same right thing. now? Yeah. And the same thing in space. Like, they've got cameras mounted in space in the right location. Well, all the characters are watching. POV. I love this shot. The Connery. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just sums up Connery in this movie. <laughs> I saw one of those um, those type of chairs. We uh, were replacing our sofa because our children destroyed it in a year. Uh, but uh, those those type of, like, reclining chairs that look like they're floating, I saw those yesterday and I almost wanted to get one. I always wanted one of the men in black chairs. The, the oh, yeah. The capsule chairs. They were popular for a moment in, like, the late 90s. Those, uh, th- those they have ones that you can close yourself in. They're, they're mm. sensory chairs. We talked about, uh, well, my sister has one for her daughter, and we talked about getting it for Casper uh, just because he has sensory issues. But uh, they're pretty cool because you sit there and then you just sort of close – Close the shades and you're completely enclosed in a chair. <laughs> Cameron. And Con- look at Connery just sitting there. Like, he just does not give two shits. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I also love is the cameras are in movement when they watch yeah. that video. <laughs> like, they're handheld. They're sh- it's like Paul Greengrass film. <laughs> they're shaking the camera. <laughs> and is this literally just how, like, Tiger Tanaka, like, introduces everyone? Like, his mom comes to visit. It's like, Aah! Yeah. <laughs> Hello, mother. It is good to see you again. I love you. <laughs> How good is Tiger Tanaka? I don't think we ranked him high Great. enough. Well, I think oh, we ranked I'll... him top. Didn't we rank him like a top three? Uh, possibly. I, I want to uh, go back and redo that. I want to rank Karen Bay higher. Karen Bay needs to be higher on those lists. Where did you put Karen Bay? Because you, you messaged us one morning. You're like, we ranked Karen Bay too low. And both Noah and I are like, we're pretty sure we ranked him very near the top. What did you do, Ben? I, I shot him at fifth. Um, no, I had him at second. Okay, uh, and you had him at one. So there you go. Oh, that wasn't that bad. We Colin, you should have put him at zero. <laughs> well, I, I thought I had him at like twelfth or thirteenth. I thought I was an idiot. But um, well, where's Tiger? Then, uh, I had Tiger at eight. Uh, no, I had him at four. You had him at eight as well. So uh, that's not too bad. I, Here I, I am I think- judging our opinions, thinking that we were stupid. But like, I mean, you look at this list, like. Okay, so I had Tiger, then Jack Wade, then, oh, get ready, Kincaid. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> scared. Uh, I Columbo, um, oh. Quarrel, Mathis, and Zukowski. Yeah, I stand by that. So I, who I do I have know. ahead of Tiger? Uh, you have got Columbo, uh, then you got Zukowski, then you got <laughs> Mathis, oh, then you got Kincaid, uh, <laughs> then you got Draco, Quarrel, and Karambay. <laughs> I think that's fair. I, I, I love the Tiger Tanaka character in the book even more than here, but this is probably the one thing they really got right. Uh, his character serves the same purpose here as it does in the book. Nothing else about the book is in this movie other than Tiger Tanaka's character. Because this was a sequel to the Honor Majesty Secret Service novel, yeah. wasn't it? And that was about and him re- avenging Tracy. Even though uh, Man with the Golden Gun came out after this, that was the last book. I've always thought when I read You Only Live Twice, I'm like, this would have been the perfect ending to the series. And then they just did Man with the Golden Gun for no reason. Yeah, I, I didn't get this whole zooming in thing where they're like, oh, this is the image and look, let's zoom in more. Like 1967 zoom in technology was pretty darn good. Like was were micro dots a thing then? <laughs> Apparently. Ning Pole. We also, we didn't mention in the Henderson scene because it was over in a minute and 57 seconds that uh, Bond gets the wrong martini and nobody in the movie realized that. Yeah, because like the thing I actually noticed in watching that scene yesterday was that you actually see Dicko stir it. Like you actually yeah. see him and he's like, stir it, not chicken. Like why? But like 
I've, I've heard some people defend that and say, oh, well, Bond was just being polite because he's in Japan. Connery's response to that, oh, that's perfect. Thank you. It's always like Roger, Moore, perfect. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to say that's a flaw. At some point, they filmed it and Cubby Broccoli and Ari Seltzman weren't on set and nobody corrected it. The thing that, like, there's so many random things, like, you got that, you've got the the whole, like, Bond going, yes, my sake at 98.3, like, then you're going to have this bloody bird in bush proverb and just, like, <laughs> this, like, this is, uh oh, good good old memories, Colin, yours and my bath debate back in You Only Live Twice. <laughs> the famous Colin Hilding quote of, oh, I'm washing parts, I don't want anyone to sniff. Well, again, like, there's women there. Now, we know what Bond's end game is with these women. Do you want them wiping off your swamp crotch? I mean, I'm not. I, I, they're, they're not going to want you after that. I mean, if it's Connery, they might. I mean, if they're willing to wipe my swamp crotch, then they're willing to do pretty much anything <laughs> else. So, I mean, it's only up from there, right? I, I'm I've also not do a worse bath things guy. to me, Colin. <laughs> Literally, the only time you will ever see me in a bath is basically after I've run a half marathon uh, because I don't want to be standing any longer. So, that's the only time I'll ever be in a bath. And it, I'll tell you bath. that. it it hurts to take a bath after a half marathon because everything is chafed and scraped up and all that. I have not had a bath in like five months. I mean, I've had a shower. <laughs> <wrong. Well, laughs> like, I'm so glad we're doing this remotely. <laughs> I've had a shower, people, multiple showers, but I haven't had a bath since I've come back to Australia. What, what, like, has it ever been explained what this whole bird in bush thing is? Oh, it's gross. That's what it is. And why are these like, the, the, Japanese ladies I know that sit and watch? This is a thing in Japan, though, public bathhouses. I don't mm. know if it's a thing where there's women who bathe you, but you can just walk into a place and take a bath with a bunch of other people. But bathhouses are generally gay hangouts in most countries. So, um, <laughs> obviously not in Japan. How, so. how many have you been to? Hey, there's Funny. the Fear Eyes Only poster. Hey. I'm looking. <laughs> and I, I I, would love to know this actress here does not look Japanese at all. Well, that's what I was thinking when I was watching this thing. Like Connery, the racist, chooses the most white looking of the girls. Yeah. Like this is clear. I'm, I'm going to say that is a white woman in yellow face as well. Yeah. Oh, here she is. Here's Aki. Not, not to be pervy, but, you know, putting the characters aside, would you prefer Kissy or Aki? Aki. Oh, hands down, yeah. Aki's hot. So is Sean Connery. Again, equal opportunity. Although he's a bit chubby in this movie. So nothing wrong with being chubby. <laughs> Go the dad bod. Is Nikki Van Der Zyl the voice of any of these? I think people? she is. She died recently, didn't she? Yeah. Sad day. I wonder who, who voiced who, her. Who do we want to kill in this episode? We, anyone? <laughs> uh. Who's left alive from this movie? <laughs> Good question. I would I would love to say Lewis Gilbert for delivering this movie, but I mean, of course, he would go on to do the greatest. Many people say the greatest. Spy love me after that. How does that happen? How do, how does that work? I guess uh, they um, gave him ten years in between movies. <laughs> I mean, Ivan Kirshner did do Empire Strikes Back and Never Say Never Again. Um, well, I'm pretty sure Lewis Gilbert. I don't think he was nominated for an Oscar before this movie, but I think he came on because he had made some movie that got a bunch of Oscar nomination. What was it again? Yeah, that one. I do like this scene. You are three minutes early. Take a seat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're breathing oxygen. I will. Thank you. (laughs) 
so he, uh, the year prior to this, he did Alfie uh, with uh, Michael Caine, which that might have been nominated for Best Picture. I don't know. Hello, I'm Alfie. Did you ever see that movie? No. Oh, it's amazing. I heard the, the, the remake, remake with Jude Law. No. Why didn't Jude Law ever play James Bond? I, he would have worked. Um, I, I think he was one of those names that were thrown around. I think the only problem with him is people complain Daniel Craig was too short. I think Jude Law is like five foot three or something. Really? Whatever happened to Jude Law? So Lewis Gilbert didn't get nominated for Best Director, but Alfie got nominated for Best Picture, and Lewis Gilbert was the sole nominee for that. So he was. This was the first time they forget about Sam Mendes, the first ever Oscar nominated director. To do a James Bond film, did you only live twice? Wow. I um I started watching some of the special features uh, by saying starting to watch. I literally watched all the ones on Doctor No, and then I'm like, ah, fuck it, I'll come back and watch them later. So like, <laughs> I didn't keep watching them from that point on. But they're actually really interesting. The special features oh, on the Blu-ray, the inside documentaries. I really wish. I know you're not going to get Patrick McNee to do them all now, but I really wish that they had continued to do those. Do one of those for Golden Eye or Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, didn't they do them what, for the Brosnan ones? Uh, no. Yeah, they, they only did it up to License to Kill because I think those were produced in like 1995. Uh, mm, they were okay. produced leading up to GoldenEye. But I mean, when I watch um, special features like making ofs, I'm never really interested in the making ofs that were done the time the movie's released because you don't have people dissecting it. Like It's not objective. It's just, oh, this is how we shot the scene. I like the ones that will go back and they'll say, yeah, you know, we probably shouldn't have done this in this movie or, oh, this was a mistake. And, oh, this was a problem on the set. When you do retrospective documentaries, like the one on the Back to the Future Blu-ray box set, amazing. Mm, um, I think I remember the, watching uh, those. Yeah, the, the one they did for the, the original Star Wars trilogy. I mean, that might be the best one ever made. Well, the Jurassic Park one, they li- didn't they literally release oh, yeah. like a, a, a complete VHS separately for it? Because I remember having that as a kid. Um, I think we talked well, about had- that when we did... Jurassic Park yeah, over on the Earth Network. That was the one they made in 93, but the ones that came out, I think, on the DVDs and or the ones that came on the Blu-rays where they went back and yeah. did all three movies. Remember that one that as well. Great. Yeah. Um, okay, now, this guy's got X-ray. Like, is that a radiation concern with the people yeah. who have meetings with Osato? <laughs> and why, why do X-rays only ever show the, the things you need to see? Like, why don't you see his liver there or something like that? Or kind yeah, of like- exactly. <laughs> Now, we ranked Asado pretty low from memory, I think. Yeah. Uh, My thing with Asado is that it's it's a great idea for a character that they didn't really do anything with. I kind of feel like he's unnecessary in this movie. He's only here because they didn't want to spoil the reveal of Blofeld until the very end. We, You and I both had him at 11th, and Noah had him at 6th. So, he just, like, to me, he's just kind of wooden. He doesn't really... You know, like, like everybody. Yeah, like he's, I don't know. He just, he just, yeah. Uh, and Helga, is the bread Helga's? Naturally. Um, was she on our, she'd be on our main uh, henchman, wouldn't she? Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, I had her at 17th. Noah had her at 17th. You had her at 20th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, second last. You had a one spot above Locke and one spot uh, ahead of, uh, sorry, one spot below Necros and one spot ahead of Locke. Can I just say, I Hansi's, I want to go back to that secondary bloody henchman and like hear you and whoever it was going on about how Hansi's better than some of the, Hansi's ridiculously terrible. Like Hansi's so 
bad in this movie. Hans has one scene in this movie. That's it. Uh, so bad. What did we say originally? I've got him at 19th out of 20th, only ahead of Miska and Grishka, who, again, in our Octopussy no, recap, you, you, you two couldn't even remember us. who they are. <laughs> um, no, 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 let's, let's backtrack. We didn't remember their names, but we gave you the proper description of who they were. We're like, yeah, the twins, the knife throwing twins. You don't even talk him. They don't even talk them up in the octopus. You're like, oh yeah, those knife throwing twins are all right. Um, you ranked Hans at 18th out of 20, only ahead of uh, Kriegler and Vargas. Who on a rewatch, Thunderball, Vargas is awesome. Like Vargas no, is in no, so no, much no. of that movie. <laughs> Oh, he is, but we, you listened to our Thunderball recap. We said he has got to be the worst henchman ever. Followed by this episode where we say Hans is worse than Vargas. Like we literally uh, say that in the next episode. Um, he's more Noah pointless. had Hans at 12th. Noah had Hans oh, at 12th. Come on. What the hell? I, I don't think he's worse than Vargas. Uh, Vargas may be in more screen time, but that's part of the problem. You don't put that that much screen time i keep seeing patrice and again i'm like who's she (laughs) (laughs) okay this is one of the things that's just completely outlandish in this movie uh we're gonna pick up a car and dump it into tokyo bay yeah and like no one like questions this this is just one thing i did notice in this movie is the amount of like machine gun fire that's just happening in the streets of tokyo and everyone just goes about their daily lives in tokyo Oh, well, that's just that's just the Asato uh, Corporation with another typical machine gun fight. Oh, well, lol. And, like, this is what's stupid about this. I mean, is it a great visual? Yes. Is it something you've ever seen in a movie before? Definitely not. Is this going to kill these guys? No. <laughs> the windows um, are open. They just climb right out. One thing that was funny, too, in listening to our Octopussy recap is um, for those who recently listened to our Octopussy commentary, when we're all, like, arguing over, like, why the hell didn't we include the was it the train sequence in the um, the Hall of Fame? Why did we put the jungle escape? Like, literally in that episode, <laughs> none of us could come up with a third one. Like, we'd, we'd put up, like, two. And we're like, oh, we didn't God, even what mention else? the train? I think it was sort of briefly mentioned, but then all of a sudden, I don't even remember who it was, like, the jungle one. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fine. Let's just put the jungle one in there. Like, we literally <laughs> could not come up with a third one. Uh, and yet now we, in hindsight, we're like, why didn't we put this one on there? Where's the camera that's filming that? They're watching <laughs> footage of a camera that's apparently <laughs> suspended in midair. Um, just in terms of this movie, the Hall of Fame scenes that we had in this, uh, the reveal of Blofeld, the final battle inside the volcano, which is a fucking epic scene, uh, yeah. and the little Nelly fight. Uh, I... <sighs> I don't mind the little Nelly sequence, but again, it's just, it's so random. That may be the single most random thing in the movie. Oh, I have to take a helicopter up there. Oh, it's got to be this tiny helicopter. Oh, I have to get into a dog fight. And this is, this is the randomness too, when they do this whole, tell them to send little Nelly and tell them to send her father. Like, why? Cue, Here comes another random scene. Cue Thunderball scene, very underrated. That could be up there when oh, we yeah, rank like the cue scenes. I really like the cue Thunderball scene. I t- I, one of his best line deliveries ever is the, you swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to when, when you you impersonated before, but every time I see the Ningpo, I just think, my short Connery going, Ningpo. <laughs> Ningpo. <laughs> Ningpo. That's one of these things where I'm sure that they had some type of meeting where he's like, I object to saying Ning Paul. <laughs> Ning Paul is not in my vocabulary. <laughs> oh, this is wonderful. My movie's frozen. Uh, once it starts playing again, you'll have to tell me where we're at. <laughs> okay, well, Sean Connery's looking bored. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's walking away and with Aki. And it crashed. 
Cool. Well, just keep watching yours. I'll catch up eventually. Watching, just keep watching. Even the way Sean Connery just shoots these people, he's just sort of like, bang. I don't want to do this shit. Uh, he's so lazy in this movie. And like, why do people criticize Lazenby, but they don't criticize it? Lazenby's a incredible improvement over what Connery delivered in this movie. Is who is the most complete Bond in terms of that they always give them all? I mean, Lazenby is the obvious answer because he only did one. But like, yeah. <laughs> Connery had this and maybe a bit of Diamonds Are Forever, where it's kind of like, okay. I mean, I don't think Roger Moore ever gave like gave up. Like he just got old. Like it's just kind of yeah. You can never fault him. Dalton never. You can never fault Dalton. I know you don't like the guy, but I mean, he put his all into it. Brosnan definitely put his all into it. Craig. I would say Pierce did. Craig. Yeah. I mean, look. We're the Pierce lovers. Can we just start a separate podcast called like Pierce Brosnan? Pierce Love? lovers. <laughs> Pierce lovers. Mamma Mia, the Pierce Brosnan podcast. <laughs> Here we go again. From Pierce with love. I do like this shot though. It's kind of random how they do this sort of Which like. Which shot? I don't know. Oh, You're watching. <laughs> the overhead helicopter shot of them running on the roof. Like it's kind of random, yeah, it- but like I do actually like, and I like the music, the, the way they play the. Na, 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 na. I hate just the the da, 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 da. like it, the music does not fit it. The the thing though I will say about this fight, it's not tense because you literally have Sean Connery being able to have the time to do like the the stunt man flip where he can do like land on his back on like a soft pile of boxes. Like there's no tension or stakes to it. Mm, so stake. my DVD might not want to play this movie at all anymore, but <laughs> I'll keep just, working on it. <laughs> can I also just point out with steak, things that you two make fun of me, I actually had a well-done steak tonight. I went out for dinner and it was lovely. Okay, we have we even mentioned this on this show? I don't know. I think we that was eat. a Noah Oz Network thing that's not going to air for months and end on <laughs> the lost coverage. <laughs> ben likes his steak well done. And proud. <laughs> Love my well done. It was really nice. I had it with a nice Caesar salad on the side. It was juicy. It was good. Do people, like, when you order it, do they question you? Or are they like, are you I've okay? I've had people question me before. <laughs> the, the thing that, like, because I went out with a friend tonight and she's, like, hungry. We're both hungry. She's like, yeah, my meal's taking so long as you bloody ordered it well done. <laughs> <laughs> so now we've got Helga basically. Get, I, this is what I don't get. It's like Helga's all, like, I've got my, like, stampering it up. Like, got all the, like, tools to, like, hurt him. But then, like, two seconds later, she's fucking him. Like, I get it in a way. Like, I just said I didn't get it. But, like, she's all, like, you know, trying to seduce him and everything. But, like, it's just, what's the point of her being all, like, look at me with my, my fancy tools and then all of a sudden fuck him just to get him in a plane? Like, it makes no sense. You're torturing yeah, him, just... you're fucking him, and then you're torturing him again in a plane. Like, for people out there that like this movie... You know, explain why anything happens. Uh, I need some logic. I understand we're not going to get, you know, everything making sense in a Bond movie, but I need something to make sense in this movie. She's just such a poor woman's Volpe. And Volpe, so, I mean, Fatima Bush is is better than... Fatima's Bush, yeah. (laughs) Olga Brandt. I seriously listened to that episode today and the line that I said, I told this off air, I will never watch this movie again. There are only two reasons I'll ever watch this movie again. If we ever do a commentary or 007 or if ISIS capture me and force me to watch it. Which are we, are we going to, once we've finished the Eon ones, are we going to do the three non Eon ones? Like we, I think we should, yeah. We did famously say the reason we're doing commentaries was purely for the fact to do Casino Royale from 67. 67, yeah. 
now time to start searching and see if I have a digital copy of this on my computer. <laughs> Quickly get up. You, you crave. Uh, I unsubscribe to Crave. I'm going to have to subscribe just to finish this movie. <laughs> Do they have the free month? That's the only reason why I subscribe to Stan, because I got a free month. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. <laughs> no, but I get a discount on mine, so I at least get like, I think it's like 25 or 30% off. I, I will say that um, they're all in 4K on Stan, and they look amazing. Like, they, they really yeah. look. Like, I, I think they're even better quality than the Blu-rays I've got. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm disappointed. Like, we're we're watching the bond movies so that we can watch because we got the the home theater projector so we can kind of get a theatrical experience out of it but uh this projector it won't place anything with surround sound so you basically have to go to like you know the old dolby or the mono sound so the audio quality kind of sucks uh when we watch these right now so i might have to get craved by the end of this episode well i've got like the tv in my room which i don't even know like it's it's hd but i think it's like 2011 hd Whereas the the one in the lounge room, it's sort of it's that was my old TV, so it's like really good quality because I only buy the best. So uh, yeah, when you watch it in 4K, it looks amazing. I don't get this plane sequence how this wooden board somehow traps Connery. They're oh. like, is she even wear? I I swear she's not even wearing a parachute before she jumps out, and then just the way this plane crashes is so bad. And Connery's not even panicking. He's just literally like, oh, shit, I've got a board on my arms. What am I going to do? You're just describing everything I hate about this movie. Yeah, meanwhile, uh, Colin's like, I don't know what he's doing. He's got <laughs> off camera. He's taking his pants I, you know off what? or something. I, 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 don't even, I don't even have a problem with this playing right now. I just didn't want to watch anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you lasted through all of Die Another Day. Wow. Yeah. Well, with a crying child. I mean, somebody didn't last through all of Die Another Day. Uh, can you just please just stop and realize that you interviewed someone from Die Another Day? Like, <laughs> one of the guests on this show was in Die Another Day, Colin. Like, just, just, you've never interviewed someone from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. The best person in Die Another Day. I didn't even do that interview. Like, <laughs> I just don't get it. So he's in a plane crash, he gets out. Next minute, I'm just sitting down having some sake with Tiger and Aki. Sure, okay. Like give give us some type of reaction, you know. Did Jamie like this movie, or are we going to save that oh, for the episode? Yeah, well, well, I, I don't really know her opinion. See, um, when Jamie watched all these movies the first time, um, before we were married, she actually had a um, what do you call it? She broke her tailbone, so there was a lot of time spent where she was just lying down in bed, she couldn't do anything. So. I gave her all my Bond movies and I said, watch these. And then when she went back to work, she just started watching them while she was working. So I never got to watch any Bond movies with her, except for a couple that uh, they did like a one-time theatrical thing. Like we got to see Goldfinger in the theater. We got to see um, On Majesty's Secret Service and Thunderball in the theater. Otherwise, I've never watched these with her. And, And I know she doesn't pay attention to me when I tell her this is my favorite movie. I really don't know what her opinions are and she's watching these and she's writing down notes afterwards. She's not giving away opinions. All I know is that after you only live twice, she basically said, yeah, I'm not really in the mood for any more bond for a while. (laughs) So (laughs) it's definitely not going to be at the top of her list. Is she ranking them though? Like is that's the, she's going to rank them. Yeah. I hate this. I hate the way they edit little Nelly being put together with these like jump cuts to just like, I, I just looks cheesy. I don't mind that part. I think it's it's a little bit different. It doesn't you know fit what we've seen in the rest of the series, 
but uh, having like the narration over that, and then it, it's it's a clever it's a clever bit of filmmaking. Whether or not it belongs, I don't know. And why is Q in like a safari suit with his pants hiked up to his nipples? Like, um, yeah. That's also, what actually, one, one wears thing, in Japan. You know what I'm very surprised about us in Thunderball, Rick Rick Van Nutter's Felix in that movie, right? That's that's mm-hmm. the Rick Van Nutter one. Why do we never talk about his weird shirts he wears in that movie? Like, he wears, like, this blue shirt with, like, gold stars on it or something at one point. And, like, there's another shirt he wears. Like, I was trying to take a photo of it, but every time, like, there was a bad angle. So, like, when we eventually rank the Felixes, I want to rank Rick Van Nutter up high just because of his amazing fashion choices in Thunderball. All right, Why so- does he need a camera on his helmet? <laughs> Um, let me clean my DVD. That might help. <laughs> wow. And I don't know why my camera went off all of a sudden either. They're words that I haven't heard in a long time since I worked at Sanity. Would you like a laser lens DVD. cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> this does look pretty sit. bad. You have to upsell them to every single customer who came in and bought something. Hey, have you got a laser lens cleaner? I had to do a big <laughs> spiel about how they needed to clean their DVD player. Oh, I know do if I don't get like this working, this. I'm not going to be sad about it. Oh. Okay, what are we watching right now? What's little, going on? The, the little Nelly fight's on. And then I love how we like flies next to Q, Tiger, and Aki, and they just like do this slight little, oh, I better drop. And then, oh, I better drop. It's not even explained why he has to have a camera on his helmet. Yeah. Well, they're trying to document what he sees. Who's he have to pass this along to? I mean, do they need to present the evidence and get a warrant to storm a volcano? I, I, I've got to think that this little Nelly is not a safe way of flying because, like, the way the guy's head is that close to the rotors, like, how does he get in that safely without, like, I'm sure that people filming this got decapitated. Like, this is, like, you know, the third guy they've got flying it. Little Nelly is a cool, I like, I like when they use real things that exist. And that was a whole idea behind this is, hey, we found out that there's this mini helicopter. Let's put that in a Bond movie. But other Bond movies, when they do stuff like this, like the, uh, the 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 jump at the beginning of the Spy Who Loved Me or the Eiffel Tower thing, you know? We found a person who does this or we found this this thing that exists, the man with the golden gun car stunt. They work it into the movie to a point where it actually makes sense, you know? It's beautiful. Like, the, the scenery here is gorgeous. Like, it's really stunning, but, like, stunning. But I just don't... Uh, and, like, the thing that I never get with these sequences, like, I was noticing in Thunderball and now I'm noticing in this, watching this, it's like... He's flying a helicopter with a giant rotor above him and, like, there's barely any wind blowing his shirt. Yeah. Like, I mean, this should be, like, he should be literally on the speaker going, like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) Like, I've been in a helicopter and I know how hard it is to hear people right next to you. Like, you have to wear the headsets and you can still barely hear hear people when they talk to you. Like, I've been in one, let alone, like, this type of helicopter. Those fat, chubby cheeks of Sean Connery is just flapping. Boss <laughs> Nass. <laughs> Boss Nass. <laughs> Misa going to give you a speeder. <laughs> Be gone with him. <laughs> Misa no like the Naboo. The planet core. They think they're so smart. They think their brain's so big. <laughs> How do we so always make James movie. Bond movies into the prequels? <laughs> Because the prequels are better than You Only Live Twice. I will say, the great thing about this scene is the use of the James Bond theme. 
Well, I mean, anytime you play the bomb theme, it's going to work. Uh, like, well, I mean, Doctor No could have cut about fourteen times, but I mean, <laughs> like... but really, let's look at the, do we do we need the Calypso music instead of that? I think it's better in Doctor No than what we actually got. Yeah, but Doctor in Doctor No, James Bond like opens his mouth and it's like, "Hi, I'm I'm trying to talk here, John." <laughs> I don't get when he drops the mines. Why is he drop like 50 mines? And then like the other ones just go on the ground and like kill a couple of innocent Japanese people like mining their field, fields or whatever it what, is, mowing their what's fields. What's your timestamp? Where are you at? I am at uh, 5727, 5728, 5739, 5730. All right. I'm, I'm at 5829. Uh, I've paused it. You tell me when you're there because this might finally be working. All right. Fifty-eight twenty-nine. Okay, I'm still like forty-five seconds away. But, um, <laughs> just like, why can't like Sean Connery have like a look on his face where he's kind of like, like, oh, he's in a dogfight. He's literally like just he's sitting there going, he's just like, hmm, yeah, just pressing yeah. some missiles. Like okay. we know he didn't. This is why I love Sean Connery. Okay, I love Sean Connery in anything, but he Sardos? gives. Well, I, I think that he helps Zardoz. <laughs> If it was Dalton and Zardoz, I don't think this is good. Um, but uh, I, I don't think I've ever seen this man care less than making this movie. 58, 19, 58, 20, 58, 21, 52, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Oh, anyone? And look at it. Wow. Look at this scene. Where? How did we get here so quickly? This movie's breezing <laughs> by. But like, even like that, he's like, this dog fight. Kills a couple of people and just like, yes, I've just killed some people. Let's go yeah. now to the island. <laughs> That's not Sean Connery. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> like bloody, what's his face? Uh, Louis Armstrong. <laughs> Boss Nass during dental surgery. <laughs> Bring back Boss Nass. Now, okay, that rocket is launching and there's a building right there. Like, in reality, when you launch a rocket, you can't have anything for, like, I don't know, a kilometer around it. And there's a building next door. Well, again, uh, wait till we get to Moonraker. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've done Moonraker. But, like, you know, Moonraker, like, let's just launch a a space shuttle in five seconds notice. Uh, Everyone's ready to go. The NASA Army. I love they have to brand it CCCP on the side of the rocket. Just so you can be identified out there in deep space. I I feel we've talked about this before, but what does the CCCP stand for? Like, you got the USSSR, CCCP, Soviet Union. Like, make up your mind, Russia. CCCP would be the Russian USSR. I mean, USSR would be the English translation of whatever CCCP is. Why can't they just speak English? God, Russia. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Be more like America. I, I seriously, like... You know, you got these players. I was talking before about going to Asia. Russia is one of like the top ten places in the world I want to go to. Like, I just oh, yeah. would love to go to Russia. I have a weird obsession with Russia. And like, if you're listening, our great comrades, I am on board. Like, Putin, <laughs> sign me up. I will join. Whatever. I'll do whatever you want me to do. <laughs> if our Russian overlords are listening, <laughs> yeah. Like, I actually would love to go to Russia, learn Russian, and then watch their cinema to see all the movies where Americans are like the evil people. <laughs> and I guarantee you, like, it's not like the Americans every now and then are like, oh, no, we can't offend the Russians. Let's make up our own country, Slovetsia. I bet Russians in every single, fuck America. 
America evil in another movie. <laughs> like, well, it is. Okay. I, like, I'm not taking political sides here, but it is funny that if you get a Russian movie that does that, or let's say you know, a German movie during the war, that oh, this is a propaganda film against Germany. Literally every American movie has some other country as the villain. Are those propaganda pieces? I mean, you're not going to pick the Russians to be the villains in a Russian film. Someone has to be evil, people. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, again, as an Australian, if you make Australia evil in a movie, I'm probably almost going to, like, take that as a compliment. Like, I want to see an Australian like, as a bad guy in a movie. Oh yeah, now now, now we're going to get in a lot of trouble and be cancelled. But there's so many complaints nowadays whenever, let's say you're making a an American crime film and you make Mexican drug cartel or something like that. That is a thing that exists. I mean, do you have to always go to that? No, but there's there's a movie that uh, I actually really love, Jennifer Garner movie called Peppermint, uh, which is basically Jennifer Garner being Liam Neeson and Taken. Mm -hmm. But um, that movie got like so destroyed by critics and almost every complaint was, oh, they shouldn't be, you know, so inconsiderate as to have, you know, Mexican villains. Well, they exist. I mean, you yeah. got to have somebody as a villain. <laughs> it's like like if you start all of a sudden, I don't know, doing like Swiss villains. I mean, no, there's no one evil from Switzerland. Then maybe yeah. complain like, you know, Norwegian villains. I don't know. but And um, almost all these movies that get criticized because, oh, you made some other ethnicity a villain. It's almost always a white American who's the dirty cop behind those people anyways. So that's the same thing in Peppermint. I think it ends up being like police corruption. So it's not even like they're exclusively the villains. Well, you, you, you know watch- what? You've been watching Breaking Bad recently. That gets a bit of criticism I that all the bad it. people are, are, are allowed. Oh, you finished it, did you? I finished it, yeah. I started Episode 14. this morning, yeah. Episode 14, Ozymandias, what did you think? Oh, amazing. Right? Uh, and I, I was I was wondering, I'm like, it was like 15 minutes in the episode. I'm like, this is one scene. Like, how is this going to be the, the greatest episode ever? But in a way, I almost, once I got to the finale, I almost wish that they had just found a way to work that in or done an extended episode. Because the finale itself, it's fine, but... It's just sort of like, let's have one more adventure. It's not necessarily t- everything else had been tied up at that point. So you're glad you finally watched it now? Did it live up to the hype that everybody gave oh, us? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've already started El Camino and uh, I'm going to watch the Breaking Band fan edit you got me and then I'll start on Better Call Saul. Better, just stick with Better Call Saul. It's a bit slower, but um, it it it's worth it. I, I really want more of the, the season five characters. I know I told you I love these characters. Um, you like Lydia? Really? Lydia's awesome. Oh, she's like so, uh, just, she's quick, she's so uptight and all that. And then um, uh, Todd, uh, Jesse Plemons' character. Oh, I feel wait like till you get to was... Fat Todd. Have you seen Fat Todd yet in uh, um, uh, El Camino? That oh, El Camino? No, not yet. Um, again, I mean, Jesse Plemons is one of my favorite actors, but he was almost, uh, I would say he's underutilized in uh, season five and Breaking Bad. But uh, what what works about his character is that he's so unusual. You're like, he seems like yeah. a nice guy, but he's not. Like, I don't get it. Like, there's something that confuses me about this character. And what about Giancarlo Esposito? Come on. Oh, Gus. nobody's going to top him. I mean, Just... I don't even care about Walter White. <laughs> Gus, Gus would you, would you, who's your favorite villain, Gus or Benjamin Gus. Linus? Oh, oh, that's tough. I'd probably say Gus, to be honest. Mm. Anyway, welcome back to You Only Live Twice Conquers. <laughs> we talk about Breaking Bad. <laughs> the scene, okay, spoiler alert for Breaking Bad if you haven't seen it, but when he gets his face blown off, that's up there yeah. as one of these scenes that I like. I would rewind. Like I was like, fuck, like, that was up there with the House of Cards scene that I always talk about. It's like, the holy fuck, like I would rewind well, it just so many times. And it helps that it's a character that you've seen get out of, oh, how'd they get out of that one? How'd they get out of that one? And they just tease you like, 
Oh, he got out of it. Oh, whoa, whoa, what's that? <laughs> I, I would like you to join us on our, because, um, like, we, we're over on the Oz Network, download now. Um, we're, Colin and I are renowned for defending the villains. Like, the villains? Mm-hmm. Not really that bad. I'm saying now, Gus Fring, like, no. eh, not, not really that bad. He was just keeping a business running. Uh, yeah. Um, did some bad things. Kept a lot of people in employment. Uh, I, if, if I'm going to compare him and Walter White, I think Walter White's oh, a much more awful person. 100%. 100%. He was running a good business until Walter came in on board. So, anyway, you think you, um, think you think Osado's doing some crystal meth manufacturing on the side? That was the sixties. Chemical. It was the LCD in the sixties, right? Like, uh, he he's basically LSD. the Lydia. Is that the LCD? LCDs. They kept it under wraps for that long. But yeah. let's think about it. Osado is Lydia. If 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 you only live twice is breaking. This is how we make this fun. If you only live twice is breaking bad. If you only live twice is breaking bad. Osado is Lydia. Uh, Blofeld is Gus. Um, Bond is I don't know who's the most boring person on. <laughs> He's Walter Junior. Bond is Walter Junior. <laughs> oh, that's that's offensive. You can't say that about Walter Junior. <laughs> I like, did you watch the honest trailer where they talk about there's no. Walter Jr. We're not too sure if we're allowed to make fun of him. <laughs> I, I, we, we, we actually took, what is this, an hour into the movie? Yeah. Uh, we're, we're all finally off topic. It's, this is the best we've ever done. Um, a little bit more here uh, with um, uh, Walter Jr. It reminded me a, a, lot, a lot of things about Breaking Bad. It reminded me of the TV show The Americans, which I know Noah's a huge fan of. I don't think you've ever seen it. Never seen it. But the shows are so similar. I mean, you're basically dealing with somebody who's living, you know, two lives. Um, You have somebody who's very close to them. That's actually the person who's investigating. Uh, You have a son that serves no purpose on the show. The only thing I'll say Americans has over breaking bad is they had the common sense to send their son to a prep school when breaking bad suggested that at one point, maybe we should send him to a prep school. I'm like the Americans did this and improved the show because they got rid of the worthless son. They never did it on breaking bad. I like, Leave RJ Mitty alone. I like Walter Jr. I mean, I, I think the actor's fine. I just, every time that the character would be written back in, I'm like, I know the fan edit movie probably just gutted this character. <laughs> Can I just say, quickly say we've got Hans on screen? Just He's fishing. <laughs> um, one thing I'll say is, um, what was one thing I'll say? I've gone blank. On what, oh, um, uh, Ryan Johnson does the worst episode and the best episode, but the middle episode is the episode with, um, and I want your thoughts on it, the um, the bonfire scene. When they get the cars and they pull into the driveway and you've got the dubstep playing and they kind of go, boom, bonfire, doom, 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 and they like oh. go between. Like, do you like that scene? Because that's either hated or loved. I fucking love that scene. I hate it. I, oh. I, I partially hate it because it's just it doesn't feel like it belongs to the show. I, I don't understand why they have the cars. It's cheesy. Um, yeah, not a fan of that. But again, I love it. as you said, the the worst episode, which people are either saying it's the best or the worst, the the fly episode, the fly loose and laugh. Ugh. I love that one. Ugh. All right. Back to okay, so is this is this just a printout of uh, an X-ray from Osada's office, or did they X-ray him here? Look, isn't that Han Solo's gun? That Han Solo. <laughs> Osada shot first. <laughs> but like, did he fax this over to him? Like, how does Blofeld have a printout of Osado's? x-ray from his desk and i've got a question the way blowfield here is like this is a walter pp oh that's that's connery only <laughs> one man in the world carries this gun i mean literally in dr no they give him this gun like this seems like it's a standard issue now to all the double o's like i mean every other double o just shit 
And it's like, and why is this practical? Again, it's so many problems with this movie. This is the gun. And only one man carries this. Hold up the newspaper from four days ago. Was this the guy in your office? Yeah. Look, title says James Bond. He's alive. I, one of the many, pr- well, one of the one of the praises of this movie. I do love the whole notion of a bridge that collapses and you get <laughs> eaten by piranhas, and then you get Blofeld stroking the cat even quicker. Like, yeah. I mean, like, oh, we get the kill Bond now. So kill good. Bond um, now. Like, I know you're not a fan of Austin Powers two and three, but like. The first Austin Powers is one of the greatest parody films oh, yeah. of all time. Just like it gets it so perfectly done. Like, God, like, like I just want to watch Austin Powers right now because I've just watched the first five Connery films because it's just, it's so good. It's like Mike Myers is a genius to be able to do that. Um, Austin Powers 2 and 3, I think the the second one definitely has some very funny moments, but the story is sort of like you only live twice. I'm like, I don't get what's going on here. All this is random. Obviously this was meant a, to have a story. It's Austin Powers, right? Well, but, but still, <laughs> even in a comedy, I mean, it, it, it's very clear when you have a first draft screenplay and they just said, let's rush this into production uh, and not worry about actually working on the script. I actually think gold member uh, has a very good story. It, uh, I think that the script is decent. It's just not funny. It's very similar to my feelings on the men in black sequels, men in black two, I think is a hilarious movie, but the story and the script is a mess. Whereas Men in Black 3, the story and the script is fantastic. It's just not that funny. I, um, yeah, Men in Black 2, I hated when it first came out, but I've grown to appreciate it over the years. Um, Men in Black 3, I took me a while to see it, but I'm like, actually, this is a pretty good movie. Um, I love all three. Like, don't get me wrong. I think the first Austin Powers is by far the superior Austin Powers, but like, I am a big fan of number two and number three. Like, three is easily the worst. It's, it's kind of like you and I are doing the Mighty Ducks movies at the moment. Austin Powers 3 is the D2 Mighty Ducks of the Austin Powers trilogy. Yeah. But, like, I just, I don't know. There's like, so much in that movie that I like. This weird shot about the guy swinging it all oh, the yeah. way to the camera. Why is he doing this <laughs> directly into the camera? <laughs> I mean, he was huge in Japan at the time. Um, are we going to do the Austin Powers movies? I think we should do them on here, not on the Oz Network. Yeah. Yo, I mean, they're, they're, they're so... Uh, the first one, I feel like they definitely took some Bond elements, um, mostly like Diamonds Are Forever and Doctor No. But I think that's one of the other problems is that uh, it sort of had its own feel. They didn't only borrow from Bond. They borrowed from a lot of different spy things. I remember Mike Myers when I came out even talking about, oh, yeah, there was this random spy movie from the 60s that this is kind of borrowed from. Two and three just simply became let's parody something from Bond. And it doesn't matter if it is relevant or makes sense. The fourth one, famously, before they, like, put in Development Hill, was meant to be called For Your Size Only. Yeah. And um, Jennifer Lopez was meant to be in that one because they sort of went in that, you know, Beyonce. I mean, that was Beyonce's first ever acting role. And that's another problem. Like, Beyonce was not very good as an actress. Um, Heather Graham, she can be great or she can be, like, downright awful. Uh, In Bowfinger, I think only, like, the same year uh, that she did Austin Powers, she proved she could be hilarious. And I don't know why she's just not funny. Maybe it's just because Elizabeth Hurley was so good in the first one that the other Austin Powers girls just don't feel like they, they're nearly as good. Now, Colin, when it comes to ranking the Austin Powers songs, how do you rank um, Beyonce's Work It Out, I think it was called, or Madonna, Beautiful Stranger? Uh, Come on, Beautiful Stranger is a good song. I will give you that. I like Beautiful Stranger. It's okay. Uh, and actually, the other, the Lenny Kravitz cover of American Woman on that, mm-hmm. uh, it's very overplayed, but I mean, it was a great cover. Um, but uh, the first one, I mean, nobody ever talks about 
Mike Myers band and they're the, the BBC song. Yeah, I was, I was thinking there was a song from the first one, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, the BBC, BBC yeah. one, BBC two, BBC three. <laughs> okay, I really want to do the Austin Powers trilogy and the Johnny English trilogy. Johnny English, I'd be more on board than Austin. I, I really would love to do the first Austin Powers, but the Johnny English trilogy as a whole, I think is much better than Austin Powers. The Johnny English, first Johnny English made Ben Waterworth's top 50 movies of all time. Actually, so did Austin Powers uh, from memory. So, yeah. <laughs> I'll also say this, the Johnny English trilogy, same as the Mighty Ducks. Johnny English 2, it's the D2 Mighty Ducks of the Johnny English series. True. I've only seen the third one once. I saw it at the cinemas and I haven't seen it since, but um, I remember enjoying it. With Why is every like... Is it a thing in Japan where women have to be wearing either a kimono or bikinis? <laughs> yeah, back to okay, the movie. So <laughs> yellow face here. Um, so in the the book, it made more sense because Bond had to blend in. I feel like if if this had been relevant in the movie where he has to blend in, I don't think this movie needs a disclaimer. But in this, why do they have to disguise him? Nobody's going to yeah. see him here. He's he's basically when he does go investigate the volcano, it's not like there's a lot of people around. What what why why do, so why does he have to get married again? I was trying to work this out. So like he's got to be married to fit in with the island, but like he literally goes to the island and he doesn't see a single soul. So like what does it matter? It, in the book, he was doing a, a longer investigation here. You know, he had to bide his time before he you know uh, storm Blofeld's castle on that one. So he was doing. This is just we're gonna hide you here. And then you're going to spend one day taking a boat and then you're going to go off on your own. Like if you can't hide James Bond without putting him in yellow face for an hour and a half on one boat ride, then there's problems with the spy agency. And, and, and aren't the Japanese equally as racist if they won't accept a Japanese woman marrying a white man? Ah, there you go. Like, come That's on. That's the real racist thing about this movie. Um, did you ever Hell. see the movie? <laughs> did you ever I see mean- the movie? Uh, <laughs> It's got Mini Driver in it, so I'm sure you would like uh, Gross Point Blank with John Cusack uh, and Mini Driver. Years and years ago, could I remember it? No. They do this same thing. I mean, the plot of the movie, I, that's one of these movies that I was obsessed with growing up. Like, I love that movie, and I hadn't seen it in so long. Uh, Jamie and I, she dragged me to a thrift store, which I hate thrift stores. Thrift stores, everything just smells sad in there. Like, <laughs> there's a thrift I, store I smell. Ugh. Like, I'm not anti-thrift store. I will get things, but, like, I refuse to buy clothes from an, anti, from an anti-thrift oh, yeah. store. Um, like, that <laughs> freaks me out. Like, I'll donate clothes, but I won't buy clothes. I did. The only thing I ever got clothing-wise was uh, when my former boss when I was living in Canada bought me a, a Vancouver uh, torch relay jacket. Um, oh, if it's a just limit, before, you, before you continue on with this story, can I just say I fucking love this. This is a cool, like, spy field death scene. Yeah. Like, this is cool. Well, and, and that's what the Gross Point Blank movie did. Um, when we were at the thrift store, Jamie's like, well, just look to see if they have any, like, used movies or CDs. And I found they had the Gross Point Blank soundtrack, uh, which I love the Gross Point Blank soundtrack. So I picked that up. And then I told her, you got to watch this movie. One of the opening scenes of that movie is John Cusack, who's a hitman, who's killing a person this exact same way. And Jamie's right behind me with some breakfast here. Just oh, what's in the time. breakfast today, Jamie? It's oh, that looks nice. and strawberries. Yogurt bowl. A yogurt bowl. All right. Um, but yeah, he does this where he's he's dripping something down. There you go. Uh, and I wiped it. <laughs> she, she gives me a kiss on the cheek and I immediately wiped it. <laughs> That's, um, you, you know, Mr. Bean. That episode yes. where his girlfriend kissed him, I literally do the same thing. Like if I feel any wetness on my face, I immediately gotta wipe it. Uh, but no, Ooh. Gross Point Blank did the same thing as well, except it didn't work. I I had a very inappropriate <laughs> comment to say what you just said then, but I'll, I'll move on. Um, 
I, I do love also how here, like, they literally just gel over the fact that she's being killed. Yeah. Like, the, the security of this place is terrible. I mean, ninjas in this movie are awesome, but, like, at the same time, this is the one where we said on the recap that basically some kid has just basically gone like, oh, ninjas and volcanoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole cowboys and aliens thing. <laughs> Coming soon. to. I want a movie with cowboys and aliens. And ninjas and volcanoes and yellow face. In all seriousness, like, let's have a production meeting on air because we're doing You Only Live Twice and we don't really care. Um, <laughs> can we actually, like, once we do Cowboys and Aliens, before we get into the next six, can we actually do the parody films then? Have Which a break? films? Like, we'll do, like, the Austin Powers or the, the Johnny English trilogy. Like, do one of yeah, the trilogies, maybe. Yeah. Like, decide. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Maybe we, like, start off when we say do the Austin Powers because that's the quintessential parody and then do the next six. Then mm-hmm. do the Johnny English, then do the next six, and then do the naked because there's three naked guns, aren't there? Yeah, but I would say naked guns probably less of a Bond parody, more of like a Dirty Harry or something like that parody. I've actually never seen the Naked Gun movies. I don't think. Oh, they're so good. I always like the wrong. I always like Wrongfully Accused. That was my lesson. Oh, yeah. film that I used to watch all the time. Oh, I love the wedding scene here where he described Kissy. She's got the face of a pig. <laughs> Why and why is Connery here just like slouched over with his head? He looks like he's like just gotten up that morning. Well, it's because they said she has the face of a pig. So every time that Jimmy asks the same question, he's like, "Why does he look so unhappy?" They describe Kissy, and he's looking at all these old ladies and assuming, "Oh, this is what I've got to marry." Why does he say that she's got a face like a pig? Like, what? What's the he was messing purpose? with them? And these poor old ladies, like, they're probably quite attractive in Japan in 1967. He literally looks like a grandpa, like bon- Grandpa Bond. Yeah. Well, he, he looks about even, 10 years older than Tiger. Doesn't even look Japanese. I know. Maybe maybe this is what the face of a pig looks like in Japan. Like, um, I, I can't remember if I mentioned this when we did Tomorrow Never Dies, but I remember there's a, a friend I had who moved here from China, and... Uh, one time uh, me and another uh, friend of ours were talking about how, how attractive Michelle Yeoh was. And he's like, Oh no. We're like, what? Mm, I think you have to tell like, the story. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, in China, she's not considered attractive. She looks too old. And we're like, she looks too old. <laughs> I mean, that woman's in her fifties now. And she looks younger than both of us, <laughs> but yeah. you, there's just different standards there. I guess you should hear what people say about Nicole Kidman in Canada. <laughs> she doesn't age. She's looking better as she gets older, actually, Nicole. Yeah, Kidman. she's looking more and more plastic. I mean, I don't think there's anything real left on that woman. You be careful what you say about our Nicole Colin Hilding. That's um, that's Aquaman's mother. Like th- that's the difference between Kate Blanchett and Nicole Kidman to me. Ugh. They both look like they never age, but Kate Blanchett still looks like a real person. Like Nicole Kidman does not even look real anymore. I mean, I will give Kate Blanchett in Thor Ragnarok. I'll, that's the only time I've oh, yeah. I'm like, oh. I'm like, wow. Okay. I just rewatched she's... that movie lately. Yeah, she's good now. And to be equal opportunity, pervs, Mel Gibson still got it. Still cracking mm-hmm. along. Hugh Jackman. I mean, there's a man. Oof. Yeah. That's a man. I, uh, we didn't have going last night, but two weeks in a row, we wanted to see the, um, the new Hugh Jackman movie, Reminiscence. Jamie wants to see it because it's got Hugh Jackman. In it. I want to see it because Tandy Newton's in it. <laughs> um, but we still haven't seen it because it got really bad reviews. Well, I would like to see Di- uh, No Time to Die, but hey, like, you know. <laughs> I think she- I we, actually legit- oh, we, we were going to see a movie, but we just didn't have time. I legitimately looked at flights to Auckland last night. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but the travel bubble's not open, so I can't go. So, you know. Meanwhile, back on, you only live twice. This They're is why boat. he's in yellow face, for one oh. boat ride. Okay, so I forgot he does surround me. What's in the hat? It's what? not, there's still, like, you've got a hat. Nobody's going to tell if you're white if you're wearing a hat. Oh. It's just so bad. Like this movie drags too. It is a. It's not that long movie. I think it's just over mm. two hours. Is it? I thought it was about like, an hour fifty five. Uh, I thought it was so just it's under a shorter two hours. one. Yeah. But this felt like it just went on forever. The, the one thing I, the one thing I say, like the final, the, it's kind of yeah. Like when I say it's kind of like Rogue One. Rogue One's not this bad. Rogue One is an average film, and then you get to the yeah. end, and it's amazing. Um, whereas this is kind of a pretty rubbish film, and then the end sequence is like, yeah, wow. Um, but that's all people remember. I mean, the thing I'll say about like the the this watching five Conneries basically in five days is that like Doctor No thoroughly improved. I don't know why something clicked in me when I watched Doctor No this week. I'm like Doctor No, actually kind of good. <laughs> like here I have spent ninety seven episodes <laughs> bagging it out. From Russia with Love, amazing. Like just holds up so well. Goldfinger, amazing. Like you you watch the first three, and you're like holy crap, these are great. Then you get to Thunderball, and you're like, eh. And then you get to this, and you're like, Ew. and then all of a sudden you're gonna get to on a magic circus. And you're like, ah, you're ah. happy again. Dimes up forever, happy again. Like, oh. <laughs> Man with a golden gun. Oh, oh. <laughs> just literally every movie. Doctor No. Ah, ah. much love. Ah, Goldfinger. Ah, Thunderbolt. Ah, you only live Octopussy. Ah. <laughs> Octopussy. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Now I I we, we missed it here, but the moment Bond steps off the boat, there's one guy that kind of gives him a look like, hmm, is he Japanese? The guy giving Bond a look looks less Japanese than Bond. <laughs> I the one thing I would not like about Japan is the fact that you gotta like sit in the floor or like kneel or whatever it is. And like I don't understand why they have to sneak towards the volcano by mingling with the public. They have <laughs> hey, Nelly just mingle with the public. Well, like, couldn't Nelly just drop them, like, I don't know, a kilometer from the volcano? There's no need for them to take the long way to, around here when they're on a limited timeline and now they have to worry about these disguises. It would be so easy to parachute them in or anything. Why Why? why can't he just have the Nelly fight on the way to the volcano? Like, that's, you know, cut 20 minutes from this film, yeah. or this whole sequence right now. And I also love here, like, Connery, like, oh, like, oh, we're not on our honeymoon. I'm not going to eat oysters, like... You know, like, as if you need oysters for an aphrodisiac, Connery. Like, you're horny all the time. I, I'm glad Tiger lives, but, like, they should bring back Tiger. Hashtag bring back Tiger. Yeah. Maybe um, Rami Malek is Tiger Tanaka, but bad. <laughs> He'll be in yellow face? <laughs> well, he's of Eurasian descent, so he's got half the... <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a, got half a down pat, doesn't he? Is he Eurasian? No, he's Egyptian, isn't he? Wait, did we have this debate recently? I think it was on the last episode. <laughs> ben, leave Rami Malik alone. <laughs> Ben's like, I don't see colour. <laughs> oh, you're not allowed to say that. That's apparently racist by saying you don't see colour. You can't say a person's skin colour. You can't say you don't see colour. That's why I don't say anything. I'm not Noah. You're, oh, Noah's colour blind. We learned that recently. <laughs> did you know that beforehand? I, uh, I think I was on that episode with you that I learned. No, that. but did you know prior to that? Oh, yeah, on all the dates we had, we shared all our secrets yeah. with each other. And 
I, the thing I don't get about this sequence here is why do we have green screen uh, Kissy and, and Bond yeah. on a boat? Like, like this is a great shot. Like, all these boats out in the harbour. Like, it's beautiful. you got the sunrise or the sunset, wherever we are. And then you just cut to That's green okay. screen, Connery, and, and it looks dumb. And I'm telling you, it still looks worse than anything in Doctor No. Yeah, I'd, I'd pay that. Oh, if we see you know, if we see them in the water, that's uh, Connery's wife. Do you, you as a Canadian, Connery. I don't know how familiar you are with the singer Robbie Williams. Oh yeah, well he did yeah. Johnny English theme. He did. He did the great, the best Johnny English thing, Man for All Seasons, mm-hmm. great song. Um, but he did a song called Millennium, which samples yeah. the. I know Robbie Williams isn't that big in North America, so I always have to like question oh, he was huge here i don't know if it's in america but in canada he was huge like uh what was that one um the the one song he had i remember the video was his body was like his guts were inside out oh rock dj brilliant yeah song. that song enormous too um even take that the the group he was in take yeah. that i remember they were pretty big for a while here the one that that always baffled me with how li- li- little he made it in the u.s was he had he's probably his biggest hit is a song called angel uh, Angels. Yeah, uh, it was huge, huge. Like, like it's his title song, basically. Jessica Simpson covered that, and it went to like number uh. whatever in the US. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, this original Jessica Simpson song." I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> this is a god awful version of the Robbie Williams song, Angels." That's uh, why I feel bad for um, uh, who was it that did? If you ask me to, in License to Kill. Oh yeah, and when Celine Dion. Yeah, it. Celine Dion comes along, and oh, that's her song. Um, one of the best duets of all time, Kylie Minogue and Robbie Williams' song "Kids." If you know that song, great no. duet. Look it up; you'll love it. It's actually you know one of the Grand Theft Auto games. They put it in there as well. But yeah, but no, like Rock D, Rock DJ, the film clip used to get banned here all the time. Like that's that's one of the best film clips of all time. Hmm. Uh, I'll say this: I will probably take outside of Skyfall. I would probably take Robbie Williams' "Man for All Seasons" from John English over any Craig Bond theme. Good call. Like, I would take it over you you know my name Colin. Okay. <laughs> I might take it over if you if you exclude Goldeneye, I might take it over every Pierce Brosnan song as well. See, I wouldn't take it over you know my name cuz I do love that song. I think I ranked that at number 2 on my list. I obviously wouldn't take it over Dying Another Day. Come on now. Uh, see that I wouldn't quite as you. So. But it's a great song. Like it's a great great song. Um and the other I, I, I know you sort of got slightly into Eurovision having watched that movie, but uh, I need to send you the link. And if we've never had before, the um, Conchita Verst, who won it in like 2015, the Rise Like a Phoenix, like it just, it literally sounds like a Bond theme. Like you <laughs> you you think her Eurovision winning song should be a Bond theme. It's so good. I, I don't, I can't name the artist because it's a, a unpronounceable, but uh, whoever won Eurovision this past year, uh, I, I, well, the song itself. I actually haven't heard it yet. Sorry, I didn't try. Oh, I have, I actually I was going through my playlists because Jamie wanted me to put together like a, a workout playlist for her. And I've got like hundreds and hundreds of songs from all the running I do. So I put together like one playlist and I look at I'm like, what is this song? I'm like, I don't recognize this name. And I listen to it. Oh, that's that Eurovision song. I This is the first year since I remember that I actually still have not listened to any of the Eurovision. So even like last year when it was canceled, I still had all the songs like in the Icelandic song that should have won last year because they cancelled it, like would have been Iceland's first ever win. But um, yeah, no, I, I actually haven't heard the Italian song, but I was glad they won because... They're running they, in they... slow motion there. <laughs> Did you notice well, that? It's better than the speed up that they always seem to do. <laughs> and why is Connery wearing like black dress shoes running out? Why is Kissy in a bikini? 
I know she's been swimming, but like, well, there's a not lot of the- women in bikinis in this movie. Like we talk about, like in the seventies, when you get like Mary Goodnight and uh, Tiffany Case just randomly in bikinis, because why not? Like it started here in the sixties. I mean, she was swimming earlier, <laughs> but like, like at least what's a face? Um, what's a face? Well, the other woman. Um, <laughs> why have I gone blank on the name? Um, Aki? No, Doctor No. Um, Honey. Honey, thank you. Like at least she gets gets to wear a shirt when she's running around in a bikini, right? Where is my honey rider? Here it is. <laughs> Where is my, my honey rider? My, my honey rider. <laughs> oh, there she is. I've seen the ones in the back. <laughs> God, <that's laughs> licking. Wow. Oh, this wait, is I don't think I porn. This- He's on, really gone I, crazy. I didn't show this to you. You probably won't appreciate as much as I will, but you saw the movie. Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson from White Man Can't Jump you Pop know, Figures. You know, the funny thing is, because I remember sending you the link to those, when I was in a store the other day looking at, pop figures i saw the white man can't jump ones and i was nearly gonna like send you a photo like have you got them yet i was trying to get a mighty ducks one the only one they had was charlie and i'm like do i really want to spend like 20 yeah. on charlie like it was adam banks like you know i'm going to now you now you get a free bombay i know i need to get more of the bond ones like i need to i've only I've got, got uh, the ones behind i, think I only have the three here i've got honey i've got no time to die bond and then i've got odd job no, that's John Cena. Um, I got our job here somewhere. I, I didn't see. I didn't see it. <laughs> you held up nothing. <laughs> Jamie uh, will sometimes find these at the dollar store uh, for like where you get them like three or four dollars. So I've got some random ones here. I probably wouldn't have bought on my own. See, I've um, never like seen one them at the dollar store. I wish that is like the like the only ones oh, yeah. I own. Like I've got. So down on my little shelf down there, I've got the first ever one I got was Michael Jackson from I think that was from the bad film clip. I've got Ferris Bueller on the parade float. I've got Happy Gilmore because I got that when I got NHL two K uh, twenty one. I've got Zoolander, and I think there's another one that I, I've got a. I can't see the other one. And then behind me, I've got Goldblum from Jurassic Park with the broken leg. I had to oh, get that one. Good. I've got Brosnan Bond. I've got Craig Quantum Bond. I've got Craig. Is it Spectral Casino Royale Bond? I've got. Naomi Harris, Money Penny, I've got Blofeld, I've got Lashif, and I've got Judy Dench M from Skyfall. I, I remember when I got the Blofeld one, it was Blofeld or Jaws, and I wish I'd have bought them both. Because all the other ones I bought, basically, they were um, my honeymoon, funnily enough, and it was all basically they were on sale for like, buy four for like $15. They had all, I just bought all the bomb ones that were available. They have um, EB Games here. Yeah, that's where uh, I got from EB Games. Yeah. Every Friday now, they do like a $5 bin of pop figures. And mm-hmm. you're not going to find like the best things in it. Like, I think this past week they had one or two of the members of Def Leppard's pop figures, you know, but everyone, so if you get it for five bucks, uh, whatever, you, you can find some good stuff in there. The, the other I, one I have that I couldn't see is I've got a Porg. Of course, I've got a Porg. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And I did have, but, um, know, I did have the Stiggy, Stiggler, whatever it is from Jurassic World, which I left back in Canada. So, um, yeah. The ones I desperately want, the two that like are so rare to get and they're very expensive when I look them up online, I want John Oliver and I want um, Padme with the torn white suit from Attack of the Clones, which is very hard to find. The next ones on my list, uh, which are all on my Christmas list, is to get all three members of TLC. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. They have TLC Uh, (laughs) pop figures in in their waterfalls costumes. I still, to this day, do not know why they haven't done a Jack Bauer one. I, I am like I am just baffled that there's TLC but not there, Jack Bauer. There's not even an Alan Grant. I tried to look for an Alan Grant. There is one. an Alan, there is an Alan Grant. 
There oh, is, is there? The original series of, yeah, there's definitely, because I've seen them. Uh, there's an Alan Grant, because like the original Jurassic Park ones is Alan, there's Alan, uh, there's like a Dennis Nedry, uh, I think there's even a, a Dr. Hammond. Because um, like the ones that are odd that people always complain about, Breaking Bad, I think Breaking Bad got licensed to a different sort of similar one. So there's actually mm-hmm. not Breaking Bad Funko Pops from what I know. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Can we're say, in the section of the movie that's good here. <laughs> I was about to say that. I just, I like. Can we just talk about how amazing this set is? Is this, is this the greatest set in James Bond? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it was the biggest set too. Um, I, if you watched the making of, well, I don't think you got to the making up for this one. They say that it was going to cost them like a million dollars for one set, and they basically said okay, and they wrote the check. Uh, but this was like enormous. Because you got to think, they land a helicopter on a set. <laughs> yeah. This, they basically had to build the entire... It's not like they said there's a soundstage you could do this. They essentially built a soundstage for this, which they would do again in um, uh, Spy Who Loved Me for what would top this is the biggest and most expensive set of all time for the uh, the, the Liprist interior. I do love the little trains and everything. And also, like, the, can we oh, talk yeah. about the score? Like, I love the score whenever you see them in space. Like, I love that kind yeah. of theme that you have. Just quickly... Uh, I could buy you an Alan Grant Funko Pop, but apparently it's super rare, $166. Oh, so, that's a steal. Um, How much yeah. are the TLC ones? <laughs> they probably pay you to take them. Um, Don't you have like a Britney Spears one or something? No, but I want one. If there's a Britney oh, Spears baby did. one more time one, sign me up. Oh, or oops, think- actually, no, oops, I did it again. That's even more, that, yeah, wow. They had, uh, I think it was the oops, I did it again one at uh, EB oh. Games. Oh. If I see it next time, I'll, I'll send it. Please do. Like, seriously, the Upside Did It Again film clip. Oh, just just sign me up. Why does Rihanna oh, I see not now. have a pop? Oh, it's again. only $18 at Dick Smith. Didn't know it existed. <laughs> oh, they've got the toxic flight attendant one as well. I'm on board. There's no Rihanna pop figure. Is there a Madonna one? Oh, don't you own one? I, I would if there was. <laughs> I just How assume we can talk about Britney Spears when we talk about Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try to just again. Oh, don't start again. Surely there's a Madonna Funko oh, Pop. There has to be. Look at the lazy kicks of Connery. The lazy of everything. Madonna Pop vinyl. Do they exist? Uh, are they real ones? No, they look. They're all fake ones. Oh, why are they Madonna not ones? Like a virgin. Uh, I would assume it would have be the cone bra, wouldn't it? Let, let's let's bring this slightly back around to Bond here. Um, <laughs> we're Is to the Amy Winehouse one. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I've seen that one before. Yeah. Um, what would be your dream pop figure, and then what would be your dream James Bond pop figure? Honestly, like, I, well, okay, dream one would be a Michael Schumacher one, but you wouldn't, you would not ever have that one. Uh, realistic one, James, uh, Jack Bauer. Seriously, would actually be Jack mm-hmm. Bauer. Um, a James Bond one? <laughs> Come on, um, plenty of tool. Like, why not? Um, uh, probably, probably Xenia. Probably Xenia on a top would be a cool one to have. Oh, that would be a good one. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, a Lazenby. Uh, oh you know, like, yeah. They should. They why should do, they do or a Dalton. Like, they should do all of them. Like, legitimately, like you've got a do Robbie, a, Dal- got do a, a Dalton. <laughs> do a Dalton. Um, no, I, I would probably say Xenia. Right, she would be up there. Gustav Graves. Oh, please no. Um, but I mean, for ultimate pop figures, if they did Tim Allen from Home Improvement, that would be I, I would pay $166 for that. Yeah. <laughs> There's gotta be one of the ones with the sound. You gotta have the yeah. 
Um, well, they're never doing for... third watch Funko Pops. Let's be honest. <laughs> they're never doing a box go for third watch. <laughs> Maybe I have to get Todd to make. Oh, here's one of a good those. one. If they did a Drew Carey, Colin Mockery, Ryan Styles, Wayne Brady, Greg Proops collection, yeah. I would get all five. Who's on is it anyway? Pop figures. It wouldn't be out of the realms of the possible because I do some random ones. Sometimes I see some of the ones I do. I'm mm-hmm. like, why is that like John a Oliver? <laughs> Well, I mean, yes, because uh, I did a Conan O'Brien one. Like, why is there not a David Letterman one? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, John Oliver is a bit Jay random Leno. the more I think about it. Like, but I, I want let's, the John Let's Oliver give one. Todd a call. Yeah. You got Todd's info. We'll, we'll get a Jack Bauer made. We'll get actually, a Tim like, Allen made. I don't know how much he charges. Like, I will, actually, Jeff Probst. Jeff Probst one. Yeah, that would be a good one. get a Jeff Probst one. I so he's this, got this the hammer score. thing on there too. That hammer symbol is on the space uniform, which I never noticed. Yeah. So this is <laughs> having re-listened to this, this is where we all crack up laughing. Like, Bond's about to go to space. Like, what if they don't stop him? <laughs> <laughs> like, I know he goes. Now what's to he going to accomplish when he's up? I don't yeah. understand what he accomplishes up there. The villains are down here. You go up there. The worst you're going to do is you're not going to swallow another vessel but you could how, stop them on the ground how how does blowfield recognize this isn't him because he doesn't have it connected or something because he's carrying the yeah the, the canister is connected wrong it would have blown up or something i want this guy's job i want the stop the astronaut guy job like the guy just repeats everything blowfield says yeah <laughs> in austin powers um stop that man with wrench <laughs> Like just <laughs> the way he's like commenting and all these like henchmen and he's like thing man with wrench. <laughs> I want corned beef on rye toast. Corn beef on rye toast for lunch. <laughs> oh, I got a new match on Tinder. I got a new match on <laughs> Tinder. I can't even find. I want to know what this symbol's called because I'm trying to Google find out what the significance of that symbol is. I like the kitty cat. We'll Even like this reveal, this big shocking real blowfield, Connery just ruins it by being bored. Yeah. Oh, what a scene. And you know what's funny? I, I would have, prior to doing our rankings, I would have actually put Donald Pleasance very low, I think because I dislike this movie so much. Uh, and also because I, I thought when I watched this originally, oh, he's he's not in this movie much. We don't see his face until, where are we at right now? Uh, an hour and 39 minutes. So we're in the last... 17 minutes of this movie before his face is revealed. But what he does in these 17 minutes is so good. Like, I don't know Blofeld ever top it. Uh, Telly Savalas, I like Telly Savalas. He's probably closer to the book Blofeld than Donald Pleasance is. But he doesn't hold a candle to Donald Pleasance. Uh, Christoph Waltz, I don't think, holds a candle to Donald Pleasance. And that's where I disagree because I'm looking at our rankings here and I've got Donald Pleasance at eight. I've got Christoph Waltz at four. Noah has Donald Pleasance at eight and Christoph Waltz at five. You've got Donald Pleasance at seven and Christoph Waltz at ten. Um, I don't know. I still think Christoph Waltz's Blofeld is severely underrated. And I just, I, I watched another, like, every now and then I'm like, I'm going to watch a Bond ranking on YouTube. And there was a newish one up. So I'm like, sweet. Okay. So here we go. 24, die another day. I'm like, all right, yeah, cool, fine, whatever. 23, Spectre. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. So, like, straight away, I turn it off. I'm like, go away. Like, just stop yeah. putting Spectre that low. 
Well, it, Diamond, or not Diamonds are forever. Die Another Day kind of has that 20-year resurgence thing going on. Maybe in another 15 years, there'll be a spec resurgence. I, I'm not going to say that like I have any problem with uh, Christoph Waltz. I feel like just the 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 idea of, oh, he's Bond's brother is unnecessary or adopt, whatever you want to call him, friend, brother. Uh, I think that the second half of that movie kind of kills it. It's not because I dislike the Spectre movie because the Spectre is way better than You Only Live Twice as a movie, no matter what anybody says. Uh, but it's just, it, it didn't completely, I, he's great. He made my top 10, obviously. But Donald Pleasance in 17 minutes <laughs> does more than anybody who ever played Blade Bofeld, including Charles Gray did after this. Look what the cat dragged in. And he wasn't, he was a last minute addition. That's what's so crazy about this. Because the, the documentary also shows they were filming that other guy, um, who the same wardrobe and all that. And Donald Pleasance literally came in and they're like, you got like two days to prepare. Okay, I'll do it. You know, do the makeup, give me the wardrobe and I'll be Blofeld. One, one of the uh, episodes that I re-listened to recently, we're talking, because like all the episodes I'm up to right now, we haven't seen Spectre yet. Like we're literally talking about Spectre coming out in a week. Um, but... We talk like there's so many actually things we predicted about Spectre. Like in one of the episodes, I remember Noah famously said like, "Oh, he's probably you know Christopher Waltz is probably Bond's brother or something like that." And <laughs> then um, in one of them, I think it was me, I even said like, "Oh, maybe Inspector will get to see the origin of his scar, like how we got his scar." <laughs> so hey, we're we're pretty smart over on uh, the early days of Double O Seven. Then nowadays we just we just go crazy. We're not smart at all. Now, can you ever watch this movie and not? see the um mr scorpio uh episode of the simpsons i get more awesome powers like i just i can't watch this but like i mean literally I it's seen... the same they, they do the same set they even have the girl in the bikini randomly into the big i haven't seen that ninjas. episode in such a long time like oh I, that's I, one of the ones i watch the most um yeah but like i just to me this like I, as soon as i literally just saw donald pleasance here i'm like oh look it's dr evil uh, <laughs> like i just but i can't I love that Simpsons episode where Homer just keeps walking in to the giant, basically the same set as the inside of this volcano. And they've got like laser beams and everything. And he's making calls to the UN. It's like, you got 24 hours or I'm going to blow up, whatever. And then Homer's just like, do you have any sugar? And then Scorpio <laughs> pulls out handfuls of sugars out of his pockets. Here you go. Sorry, it's not in packets. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll watch that episode tonight after we've done this. It's the What's- funniest part to me. I mean, the two funniest parts is one where he's got Mr bunt or something like that strapped to the table and there's the laser beams uh and then homer tackles them <laughs> when homer goes home after i tackled the loafer at work today <laughs> it's bond and then what, when um, when you have the big battle and the girl in the bikini drops in <laughs> what uh what season what do you know what season that is uh it might be like season six or seven let me check because it's um isn't it uh what's his face the voice is the same guy who does the voice of um Fuck the fish in Finding Nemo, and he's also the Albert voice of the Brooks. evil Albert Brooks. Thank you. Yeah. Uh yeah. So you only move twice. Is this? They even take the name from it. Is it called You Only Move Twice? Yeah. Um, you only live twice. Is he has a son named Freddy Scorpio? When was that in the show? Uh, episode number 155, 1996. Doesn't say what season that is. So. Whatever season was 1996. Okay, I'll find it. I do love... So the one bit we <laughs> didn't talk really about is kind of the um, the Japanese Q scene. So I love this gun, this, um, like, 
cigarette His gun. rocket launcher, yeah. But like the the scene there where you've got Blofeld and just like, you can watch it all on TV. Like they used to, <laughs> there was a Bond documentary I used to watch and they used to always show that. Like it was kind of like, yes, and the Bond film started to get shown on TV in like the 70s <laughs> or something like that. And they'd always show the line of like, you can watch it right here on TV. Like <laughs> I just always use that line. Have you ever, you've never seen the Halloween movies, right? No, no. Okay, because Donald Pleasance kind of became more famous after this with that but uh he was in george lucas's first movie ever thx 1138 oh did he play a stormtrooper no uh, well they actually have <laughs> things that were sim- they have things that were similar to stormtroopers in that movie which is kind of funny i do uh, love your that's, reaction that's a, no <laughs> that, that's a weird movie um i don't even know how you could describe it but yeah he's he's in it it's him and robert There's- duvall there's a um there was a video I watched before we recorded tonight. It was like uh some channel and it was like revisiting you only live twice and it was just an eight little eight minute video. And he said there were eighteen bond kills in this video. What how many did we say in this? If I can even did I I had this open now, I've closed it apparently. Um It's fun listening to us going over the kills of movies and just getting angry. <laughs> oh um, and the, the canoe still bothers me now. Again, I'm not spoiling canoe. anything. I'm not spoiling anything. But when we watched that opening scene, I'm like, okay, Jimmy, pay attention to this. I'm like, how many people died there? And she's like, none. And I'm like, the guy in the canoe didn't die? She's like, that's like I'm trapped and I can't get up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt he was even hit by the canoe. <laughs> Just quickly, uh, we also had 18 kills. So we we were the same as that video. Um, ah. the, ones that kill, the ones that bother me the most is... I still stand by two guys get killed in For Your Eyes Only by the car blowing up at Bong Kills and Octopussy. The fact that we did not include anybody in that hangar getting killed by Bond is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I, I I can't remember what the argument was. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure I was more solid on the Octopussy um, than I was. Cause I, I th- th- you the and Noah shut me down big Bond's, time. Well, but, but I think the argument for that was Bond flies through the hangar. He doesn't throw the missile. I mean, th- what blows them up was not Bond's doing. Yeah, but Nobody then, died then and I flew by them. Noah and I argued because that missile, like the way it was shot was directed and it was kind of Bond's fault. And then th- we basically got into a debate about it. And then sort of Noah and I just were like, oh, we can't be bothered. Fine. We won't count any kills. Whereas for your eyes only, you and Noah are just like, ah, Ben, no, girl, these two well, but we, girl, girl, girl. We, re- we rewatched that and I pointed out again, I'm like, they're thrown backwards. They're not dead. No, the argument wasn't that they were thrown backwards. The argument was that it wasn't Bonds directly killing them because, like, they broke into a car. The argument had nothing to do with the fact that they were fl- flown off the car. Then was, there's two it, arguments for it because, again, Bond didn't nah. kill them. Q's gadget also, did. I also Look at argued- the cat. The cat's going crazy there. Do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> that thing is, like, clawing at him and it's got, like, this crazed look in its eye. <laughs> I um I also heavily argue uh Goldeneye. There are more kills in the opening scene with the barrels and then the final scene in the cradle. But uh, I again got I haven't listened but, to that episode yet, wh- but I remember Who's filming the planes in that shot? <laughs> we have multiple cuts of planes in the sky. <laughs> and why are these like diplomats just sitting around waiting for war? Like, shouldn't they be on the phone to their governments, like, going, like, no, don't go to war, don't go to war, Gerald, don't go to war, Richard, like, do all this sort of stuff. They're just sitting there going, yeah, okay, so this is going to get swallowed in a minute, sweet, 10 minutes to war, cool. Yeah, yeah, yes, Mr. President, yes. Yeah, okay, we're having tea right now, we're watching (laughs) it, it's on the big screen, I'll let 
let you know if anything big happens, okay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is one of my favorite lines of goodbye. the goodbye, Mr. Bond. <laughs> That's a terrible cut, though, when he throws a star and it just kind of, like, flicks around. What We never see what happens to him here, yeah. though, do we? Like, that's the last we see of Blofeld. I, I was confused. This is one part I was confused with Austin Powers. Does he get away in a rocket? <laughs> Spaceship. That looks like a giant wiener. Get your wiener. <laughs> oh, my God. That looks like a Woody. <laughs> oh, yes. I'll sign an autograph for you. <laughs> Isn't that where Woody Harrelson basically implies he's got his massive schlong? Because they're basically like, um, oh, I've seen bigger. <laughs> And now, now here's here's another problem there. Again, I'm I'm always gonna focus on these camera shots. That was a camera shot, obviously from the the NASA shuttle that was up there, as Blofeld's ship was like swallowing it up. Why do they have access to that? This like but this battle sequence here, just the fact that you see so many people on screen at the same time, how they could even coordinate all these explosions going on. Yeah. And it's Connery in there. It's not a stunt man. Can you imagine if this sequence wasn't in it? Like, I mean, this this would would this be the worst Bond film of all time if like this ended well, like I don't know, like Thunderball, <laughs> like not with the water scene, like on the boat I, of Thunderball. I mean, like I don't know how I rank them because I think between this and Diamonds Are Forever, they're very similar to me, and they're the movies that they're not the worst film of all time, but they're just not good. But I think what the difference is, Diamonds Are Forever has some decent stuff throughout, and then the ending is just awful. Um, I like, I like, I, I having listened to that episode, and I agree with myself. I'm one of the, I actually don't mind the diamonds are forever. It's not brilliant, but it's not they as bad screwed, as YouTube. I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge mistake, obviously. I, they have an excuse for it, but it is not a big climax, and we <laughs> could have had some better. That guy Buzz? literally gets in the chest, and he's like, Ugh! and then all of a sudden you see him just fall off the thing, and he falls off the thing. Um, you hate License to Kill. I know that. Yeah, but- that's the worst. You, like the finale of License to Kill is pretty good. The truck chase. It it is, but if, again, I think it belongs more in a Lethal Weapon movie. Like it was obviously a movie very dated. That was of the time, but it's not what Bond should have been. What's the worst climax? And not Barry Nelson. Oh, for it, for me, it's easily Diamonds Are Forever. But I would also give them the excuse that you know production problems messed up that climax. It could have been better. If we're looking at non. Diamonds are forever ones like one. What? What do you? I just see Ben Waver. What? What? Sorry, I like just to date this episode. I'm literally watching qualifying of a Formula One Grand Prix right now, and there's a guy on pole position that it's like if Noah won a Nobel Peace Prize for like race relations. Like this is gonna be like the biggest shock I've ever I, seen if this guy gets pole position. I just love. We start this episode and we say. The best way to do this is to watch along with us. So yeah. put in your DVD, everybody. Oh, no, we're not gonna get I'm okay. watching the movie. Well, I mean, I watch soccer when I'm watching these and everything, but um, no, it's just it's just ridiculous that that guy nearly got pulled. Anyway, uh, nearly, but people burning to the chairs burning to, to death. There, you laughing at this? I'm trying to think about worst climaxes though. That weird zoom in on that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, look, the Daniel Craig ones. I always bag up the climaxes of the Daniel Craig films. <laughs> um, you know, but are they the worst? The like, Doctor No the one is so rushed. The Doctor No one just, it is, it, yeah. it's over before it begins, basically. The 80s is tough also because we talked about this in Octopussy where you guys were saying, oh, the climax of this movie is bad. And I'm like, well, you have to really look at the climax as like a three-piece thing because that's very similar with Living Daylights. I mean, Living Daylights has a great plane sequence, but then you have, if you want to call it the climax, just a shootout mm. around a model kit, you know? Yeah. 
so I almost would discount a lot of the 80s ones. Yeah, I, I mean, think you well, have to go with Diamonds Are Forever. Fewer Eyes Only is epic. Um, yeah. Uh, Octopussy, yeah. View to, I like the View to a Kill is a great film. Yeah, that one's on. good. But like Living um, Daylights and License to Kill kind of struggle a little bit. I love License to Kill. I love the truck chase. And I don't really count the the boardroom shootout as the finale. I like that to me is almost just like the henchman scene afterwards. To where I count the playing, you know, the I know a great restaurant in Karachi. I love that. <laughs> Fucking love that scene. Um Moonrake, uh, I just space, shoot me. Spy Love Me's epic. Man with Golden Guns, epic. Live and Let Die. Uh, I mean, you know what though? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Matt. I love Man with Golden Gun, but I'm gonna throw that out there. You get the showdown of Bond and Scar Manga. That's great. And then what? It's it's a little bit of Good Night knocking that guy in the back of the head. You've got a couple yeah. of sparks flying. Yeah, but like uh, the thing is, uh, that to me, it's like as the same with Living Daylight. Like, I I remember that as the showdown with Scar Manga. Like Live and Let Die is pretty like. We split like in a couch yeah. and yeah. Like, <laughs> um, I, I'm not as long diamonds are forever as you. Honor Majesty's Majesty's is great. This is epic. Um, Thunderball, the water, yeah, it goes on forever though. That's the only problem. Um, Goldfinger, Goldfinger is amazing. From Rush, Rush with Love's another weird one. There's like three climaxes, it's like you know, the, the the train and then the weird explosion and. Yeah, and then Doctor the Helicopter. Yeah. I mean, there's not there's not just an absolute turkey though. Like it's no. not like for your eyes only the pre-title sequence, which is just rubbish. Um, yeah, like even if they had been able to do Diamonds Are Forever the way they wanted, it's still you've got like a big shootout going on there. You you got the visual of this oil tanker. Every single. She does look good in that bikini. I'll say that. <laughs> besides, <laughs> so besides Goldfinger, every single Connery movie in the '60s ends in like some form of water. Uh-huh. Right, like Doctor No. Well, but does Thunderball? They it technically ends in the air. Well, I mean they're on the We're water. In the water. In the, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I get what you mean. That's the iconic Connery shot, you know. That was a that was a deleted scene on one of the Austin. I think it's a there's a deleted scene or an alternate ending on the first Austin Powers one where like you see them all of a sudden they're in a raft and like Liz Hurley's like, "How did we end up in this boat, Austin?" Yeah. And Austin's like, "All <laughs> oh, my movies end this way, baby." <laughs> Oh, I never seen that. I would love that to be the ending. There's so many like, um, there's so many like funny, del- like all those deleted scenes. I swear that they, I thought they were in the original movie, but they're all deleted scenes. The ones of like, no one ever thinks about the family of a henchman. <laughs> and you've got Rob Lowe in a deleted scene and he goes on to be like young number two later on. But like, he's like, they're out at a Hooters bar or something like that. And they're there for like a Bucks night or something like that for their friend. And they get a phone call and they're like, oh no, guys. Gerald's not coming tonight. He just got eaten by a bunch of mutated sea bass. And it's like, here's to Gerald doing his job well. <laughs> so funny. Oh, it's you know, Oh, we also just missed <laughs> your first appearance of Money Penny in a uniform. But oh, why she was did in a she not have earlier? I don't think she was. Was she? She was in the, in the so. earlier scene. She was in a uniform. Yeah. She didn't have a hat for sure. What was that, Jamie? Daddy? Remy. Remy. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you late for an appointment, Colin? <laughs> um, uh, me uh, on location uh, in Japan. Other ranked did was some of the rankings I haven't gone here. Bond Girl. Um, Kissy came in at last on our list. 
Um, allies, we went over. Secondary Bong Girls. Uh, Aki came in third overall on our list. Behind uh, Paris Carver and BB Doll. You know, <laughs> you know what's so funny in the old episodes of 007 Season 1? We just bagged out Paris Carver in like every single episode. And she goes on to be our second grade. That's the power of Nicholas Susick's literature, people. Yeah. Read Nicholas Susick's book. That totally turned us around on Paris. And, and the, and the, for your eyes, on the episode where we're talking about BB, the whole conversation about how you replace uh, what's-his-face in the car with BB. Like, I'm not a virgin! (laughs) And the line of, like, where you're like, and I just picture Ben in bed right now as uh, Holly Johnson walks in. I still want to do that Photoshop. (laughs) This movie... Oh, God, I don't have that rankings open. Um, I'll try and find it before this is over. All right. Well, this movie's ending, so find it quick. Uh, While Ben's finding that, we (laughs) we are going to be... Doing one movie because we already drew everything else. We, we Wait, decided I'm hosting this episode. Why are you hosting this all of a sudden? <laughs> I thought I was hosting. I can't remember. I introduced the damn thing. Well, fine, you do I'll it. Why don't you host the next one? Host the next one while you're at it too. What? Did, come on, why did you call something? Why did you just take oh, over? <laughs> Download D two Mighty Ducks uh, available now on the old network. Um, yes, as Colin was saying, we don't need to do Andrew Hedges dot random whatever because we literally have two movies left, and technically we only have one movie left because we're obviously doing Spectre right before No Time to Die, Asterix actual release, not Australia release. Um, so our next movie will be from Russia with Love, which yeah. I'm very like great movie, but like when it comes to commentary. Not sure how we're gonna do it because like it's not exactly <laughs> a laugh a minute, right? Um, so yeah, but I'm looking forward. Like having just recently rewatched it a couple of days ago, it's a, it's a great film. Um, and why wouldn't we want to talk about it again? So um, yeah, from why Russia not? with Love, saving one of the best for last, right? <laughs> we can see why Karen Bay was ranked so highly by everybody except for Ben in the original rankings. Number five. <laughs> number five. Well, there's, I don't know. Did we mention this on air? Or was that off air? The no, that was on air. Oh, okay. Then people heard don't it. don't remember anything we, we talked about. People listening to this going, guys, you talked about that like an hour and a half ago. What the fuck are you I, talking I, about now? I spent half this episode just trying to get the movie to play again. <laughs> you Only Live Twice, number 22 on our list overall. Only License to wow. Kill and Quantum of Solace came below this. Who ranked uh, it so, the highest? Um, so I ranked it at 18th. Noah ranked it at 18th. You ranked it at 21st. So um, just to point this out, um, this movie, I can finally play it now. <laughs> yes. I uh, came in at four spots higher. So did you, you ranked this higher than Die Another Day, uh, though, didn't you? You did, two spots higher. Would you yeah. think, would you still do that? Would you still do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that's not changing when we do our rankings is my bottom two. <laughs> really? License to Dime, Diet, You hate Diamonds Are Forever, though, so, you know. I don't think it's the wrong reputation that I have about Diamonds Are Forever not liking the movie, but there's a difference. that There's the two movies that I'm just, oh, these are bad movies, and Diamonds Are Forever is like You Only Live Twice Me. It's not a good movie, but I can still enjoy some things about it, uh, but not Die Another Day and License to Kill. I, I, Although I do I, enjoy Seven of them. I do think it's funny that Noah sent us through his Redux rankings and I don't want to spoil it because, like, he wasn't meant to send it through. He was meant to, like, wait till the episode. So thanks, Noah, for spoiling did it. Did he send that recently? He, he did. Like, if you scroll through our messenger chat, uh, go through the images because he sent, like, a, a screenshot of his rankings. But um, 
there there are definitely I'm looking at his list here. There are definitely a few that have moved around a bit on that list. Um, but I'm still glad to say that Die Another Day was not last on his list. So uh-huh. um, I like take it as you will. But like I was very impressed that Die Another Day did not make it to the bottom of either of your lists. So thank you very much. Because my original list I had it at number six. So. <laughs> And that's why we have no credibility as a podcast. Just can I just quickly like again wasting time here, but just just to refresh people's memories because we will be doing this redux very you know very very soon. That our top tens individually, uh, I had the world is not enough, Gold Knight, Spy Who Loved Me, On a Magic Secret Service, Casino Royale, Die Another Day, Spectre, Skyfall, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Goldfinger is my top ten. Noah Here's had the this spy- weird top ten. Wow. The, sp- the Spy Who Loved Me, Golden Eye, Casino Royale, Diamonds Are Forever, On a Majesty Secret Service, From Russia with Love, Doctor No, Goldfinger, Living Daylights, and Skyfall is his top ten. And your top ten, On a Majesty Secret Service, From Russia with Love, Casino Royale, Spy Who Loved Me, Goldfinger, Skyfall, The World Is Not Enough, Golden Eye, Thunderbolt, Furious, and you have Golden Eye at eight. Wow. Yeah, that's I'm I, it's hard for me to say whether it'll stay there or not. Um cuz I'm, I'm looking at I'm, this going how did Golden Eye not make it to number 1 when Noah and I both have it at number 2, but you've got it at 8. That might change. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Like I you know like what, I was so tempted to put Golden Eye at number the, 1 when I did that the rewatch. The tough thing for yeah. me though is the tough thing for me is that I know Honor Majesty Secret Service from Russia with Love Casino Royale, Spy Who Loved Me, Goldfinger, like those movies I love so much that I don't even know if Goldeneye could crack the top five, but uh, we'll see. Goldeneye came um, at number what, what, four overall based on that, Colin. Like, Jesus, you had it down. It should be in the top two, I thought. But yeah. Well, what, what, what I'm more scared of is that Noah becoming such a hipster, his bottom four might just end up being all the Craig films because hipsters don't like Craig, I guess. I'm just, I'm just quickly, we're, we're, we're padding for time here, people, because we're going to wrap this up. But I just, I really like, without, again, spoiling this, because I just want to refresh my memory of his new Redux. I couldn't um, find it. So, uh, where are we? Okay, here it is. So, just quickly looking here. What has changed? Uh, that's the same. That's the same. Oh, okay. He's swapped those two around. All right. Um, wow, that movie's dropped a lot. Um, that's the same. Uh, oh, he moved up. You only live twice. I'll spoil that one. Oh, um, that oh, uh. moved. Why did he move that one up? This is great podcasting right now, isn't it? Um, that's the same. Octopus is number one. He did move a uh, Brosnan one up a few spots. That's good. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Well, he dropped all, that one. Okay. All I know is that. Every once in a while, Noah will send a message through saying, I just rewatched this movie and it's going to go down in my rankings. And I'm starting to lose track on how many movies are now going to be at his bottom. Well, I will say my so having rewatched the first five, just quickly looking here, if I'm looking at where I ranked any of these Conneries, has anything changed in terms of the order? No. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's there's one that has moved around. Um, but the top two are the same are they yeah they are so top two are the same but there's two that have swapped places on my current list so all oh, there's been a change on the ben waterworth list oh what do you think <laughs> um so yes from russia with love will be our next commentary then after that our 100th episode which we're very excited to finally get to our uh, special guest on that one. It's a big guest. You're going to love him and uh, stay tuned for that. Then straight after that, we'll be doing our Spectre, Spectre, Spectre commentary. And we're thinking one more episode. We said we wouldn't do another episode before No Time to Die, but 
given the circumstances, given Jamie's redux and my redux, we're going to kind of do a redux slash rankings slash final thoughts. And then essentially, given the recent announcement that No Time to Die has been fucking delayed in Australia by a month and a half, thanks Melbourne and Sydney. Not everyone lives in Melbourne and Sydney. Some people live in places with no COVID. We could still see the movie, but who gives a shit about little old Tasmania? Um, We will be doing, I guess, a spoiler-free review that you and Noah will do. And then once I can see it, we will do our, I guess, our thoughts spoiler episode, which won't be a recap. It's more of a what we did back in Spectre in the day where it was like a two-hour episode where we just kind of nutted out our feelings at the time. And then obviously some point next year, probably what, around like March, April, when it gets released on streaming and and Blu-ray, we will then do our full recap, which I'm so excited for. Like six years later since we've done a proper Bond recap, what we all started for. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But of course, um, other episodes will come after our Spectre, uh, Spectre, No Time to Die spoiler free. And then, because we've got like a month and a half extra to kill people. So um, stay tuned for that. Um, anything else you'd like to add on this or anything else that I just talked about before we close it up? We've both watched this movie far too many times in the last few weeks, so no. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Like us, subscribe to us, Patreon us, uh, OnlyFans us. um, Message Noah at noah at noahgroves.com and tell him he's racist. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) that's about all I could think of. My name is Kill Ben now. And my name is Colin, and I have a face like a pig. Welcome to Japan, Mr. Bond. Oh, that's a uh, stirred, not shaken. That was right, wasn't it? Perfect. James Bond, allow me to introduce myself. I am Ernst Stavro Blofeld. This is extortion. Extortion is my business. You take a wife. Is she pretty? She has a face like a pig. To hell with that idea. Darling, I give you very best duck. Well, that'd be lovely. I have much, much better. Ninjas. Really? But Bondi's dead. It was in all the newspapers. Yes, this is my second wife. You only live twice, Mr. Bond. My friend, now you take your first civilized bath. Really? Oh, I like the plumbing. I'm in no mood for your juvenile quips. Rule number one is never do anything for yourself when someone else can do it for you. Rule number two, in Japan, men always come first. Women come second. Oh, the things I do for England. I love you. I love you. How do you feel about me? I love you. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Kill Bond! Now! Well, at least he died on the job. He'd have wanted it this way. Bon appetit. I suppose you know what it is about you that fascinates, eh? It's the hair on your chest. Japanese men all have beautiful bare skin. Japanese proverbs say, Bird never make nest in bare tree. Ingenious, isn't it, Mr. Bunt? Scorpio, you're totally mad. (laughs) 
I wouldn't point fingers, you jerk. Sure, do you expect me to talk? I don't expect anything from you except to die and be a very cheap funeral. You're gonna die now. Stop him! He's supposed to die! Nice work, Homer! Am I proud of you? Well... When you go home tonight, there's gonna be another story on your house. Thank you. Telegram! Project Arcturus couldn't have succeeded without you. This will get you a little closer to that dream of yours. It's not the Dallas Cowboys, but it's a start. Drop me a line if you're on the East Coast. Hank Scorpio. Aw, oh, the Denver Broncos! I think owning the Denver Broncos is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Well, explain to me why it isn't. <sighs> you just don't understand football, Marge. He'll sting you with his dreams of power and wealth. Beware of Scorpio! His twisted twin obsessions are his blood to rule the world and his employees help. He welcome you into his lair like the nobleman welcomes his guest. Lunchroom serves hot dogs and burgers and beer. He loves German beer. 